Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Maine, with my other host, Josh, eating Twizzlers, enjoying life. Into the mic. Josh is probably gonna eat about a quarter of a bag or more of Twizzlers. Fact. In the time we take to do this episode. So, uh, how you doing, Josh? I'm exhausted. Yep. I have slept a total of seven hours since Friday. My voice sounds like duty. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a long week. Just We started off the week Wednesday with Quintet. Then I went to Fight to Win weigh-ins, Fight to Win Pro 70 weigh-ins on Thursday night. Friday, we were at Fight to Win from probably... Yo. Five, I was there from 5.30 to, I think we left at 11.48 at night. No, we left past midnight. Oh, we did? Yeah. It was late. Definitely. Then Saturday, we had our buddy's retirement fight, and Kasai was on. Then, oh, also ACBGJ was on that morning. Watch that then, at work. Sug happened. is actually happening Sug right now. Sug is happening right now. So Josh and I have watched. I want, I'm, I'm going to get a match count, and I'll put it in when we edit the show. We've probably watched. A lot. That's the answer. They, we've probably watched close to 100 matches of submission grappling, if I, not more. I'm going to do some, some quick, quick math. 34 from fight to win. 34, 33. 34. So we're going we, to recap all of this, all of these shows in this episode. So strap in. It's going to be a long episode. I'm going to put time codes in the actual episode description. If you're looking for a to particular event, click there. This, this episode is going to run a little long because there's just so much to cover. So. Maybe we'll bang through it like a champion. And Man, you know how we work. That's not going to happen at <laughs> no, all. No, it's not. I was being optimistic. But yeah, 34 matches, fight to win. Yep. Quintet, okay, there's four teams uh, between, that's five matches, that's ten, ten matches the first round, and then another five matches the second round, so that that's 15, so that's 49 matches right there. There was, what, 16 or 18 matches on ACBJJ? Let's go 16, let's go low. Let's go 16 16? matches. So 49 and 16 is, uh, my math is terrible, is 64. Let's go with that. Or 65. 65. Excuse me, 65. And then... Kasai. Kasai, so... Jesus, I already don't want to do this. It's probably about 100 matches. Let's go 12. So we're at 70... 77. And then we had Sug, which had all the tag team matches, the brown belt matches, and then the main card matches... Yeah, we're probably at about 100. About 100 matches. This isn't including MMA fights that we also watched. Oh, yeah, watched a full 10-fight card at MMA, at Shogun Fights. In Baltimore, yeah. In Baltimore. And then, uh, Josh, I'm so tired. It's, It's not funny. Like, I have not had a moment to not watch grappling since Wednesday. Yeah. I can't say anything else other than that. I was promised Twizzlers last night. They they did not come through. That is why I'm eating them right now. Uh, I can't think straight. It's great. Yes, you you literally got like three hours of sleep. No, that you had was, two that was, last night. No, no. I had between Friday and Saturday, I had six. And then I passed out in the middle of the day today. So I had another hour. So seven in total. All right. So we're going we're gonna to jump right in. There is news that has happened this week. Uh, go look it up. Is there? There's some stuff that happened. There's news? There's some news that happened, Josh. <laughs> Whatever. 
This week is not a week for news. This week is a week for lots of match enjoyment. Let's get right into the nitty-gritty and start with Quintet. So Quintet 1 happened this week. This week, actually, they're not weekend. happened Wednesday. This is Sakuraba and Josh Barnett's organization. It is a not a tag-team grappling match. It's a team-based grappling match, and there's a Japanese name for it. It just escaped my brain, and I'm not going to try to think about it because, uh, yeah, it's not working. First of all, I'm going to preface this. Watch this whole event. It was fun. It started off kind of slow. And the I first was kind match. Of, uh, no, not even the first match. The first, You mean the first match is in like the first team versus team? Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. Yes, then that is correct. Um, that started off a little slow, and I was kind of bummed and voiced that opinion to Maine. And then it picked up from there, and it was awesome. I think the rule set's really cool. They don't have You couldn't do heel hooks, which I'm, I wasn't as cool with. But there was a limitation on the close guard, which I think really made... You couldn't close guard for more than a couple of seconds or you would get penalized. Yeah, and so the guy, you, you saw, like a, they'd sit in the close guard real quick and only in a couple matches and they'd open up again and then the passes would start and the, and the submissions would start. No one in these matches stalled. I didn't see any stalling in this match aside from maybe a match in the Barnett match, one of the Barnett matches. Two matches. Uh, Barnett, uh, we'll get into it later. We'll talk about it. The we'll bring rule it up. set was great. I, I think they it. should add heel hooks. Oh, of course. I think that will speed up people getting submitted. I agree. Uh, also, that would mean that Craig Jones would just beat everybody. Dude, he was about. in that position so many times. Had to like transition to other leg locks off yeah. of it. It was crazy. You're like, oh, he's he gonna, he's going to heel hook this guy. Oh, he can't. He's got to roll through the knee bar now. It just basically delayed him finishing a couple guys by 20 to 40 seconds a couple yeah. times. So let's get into it. First round... First match, uh, match, team matchup, Haleo team versus the Judo team. Daisuke Nakamura versus Michihiro Omogawa. If they didn't have a draw system and the judges had to pick, Michihiro Omogawa beat Daisuke Nakamura handily. Yeah. I honestly like that they have, if you draw in these matches, you're both out. It encourages, it encourages guys to, look, if you're going to just stall, like there's no stalling because if a guy doesn't get a finish, you're out. Enjoy your time. So it, it, that, I think, is a huge encouragement for guys not to stall. Because every second you spend stalling is a second that you are not submitting the guy and, some, and you're me out. Yes and no. The way it works out, you have to submit your team lineup beforehand for the first round matches. Right. The second round matches, it's really about strategy. And again, this is something we'll get into in a little bit when we start talking about the finals. Anyway... Sakuraba came out next match versus Shutaro Dabana. And I'm like, who is, who is this Shutaro Dabana guy? Well, this dude showed up. And he, he made Sakuraba not look good. Like, Dabana is a judo guy. This guy had great guard work. He was shooting arm bars from everywhere. He was, you know, attacking... The guy definitely trains a lot of jiu-jitsu. You can see stuff. The Niwaza work, the groundwork yes, was his ground there. Work. And it was, it was very evident that he had spent some serious amount of time in the guard and on the ground. His shoulder Absolutely. was good. Like You saw stuff from him on the ground that was, okay, you have a depth of skill that's more than just you know the throws and the ippons. Yeah. So, again, if you had judges pick winners, Shutaro would have won. But, again, it goes to the time limit. So we have a draw. 
So both of them are limited. So, so we've knocked point. out two competitors from each team already at this point. Hideo Togoro comes up versus Hyunjun Kim. This lasted all of about 20 seconds because Tokoro armbarred this dude off of an Imanari roll. Like, I watched this over and over and over again. So slick. So it was slick. beautiful. Like, this, is, this is that highlight reel jiu-jitsu that'll help this organization grow, and I hope it does. I hope we see a quintet too because the event was fun. Throws the Imanari as, um, as he's rolling through and going for that leg. Hyunjun leaves his arm out and to defend, Tokoro, to defend the Imanari. Tokoro just instinctively grabs it and throws up the hips and fucking armbars him. And it wasn't like a panic tap. It was it was legitimate. It was a legit armbar tap, dude. There's no way that he's not drilled that specific sequence for how smooth that looked. Oh. It reminded me of West Side 2001 submission only with Genki Sudo murking. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. When he's just murking dudes just, that just nobody knew. Rolling, like back when Genki Sudo was technically, technically a brown belt, but he'd been a brown belt for years at that point. It was bouncing gym, so no one had promoted been black at this point. And he just murks through a bunch of guys. And for some reason, this whole event reminded me of that event. And just like an in-house gym thing? It, I don't know. It reminded me of just because of the action, there was no stalling. There was aggressive working towards the finish and you got a bunch of highlight real subs out of it for some reason that's what i kept thinking about going into this event right so it's called like kachinuki by the way or something yeah something like that team the, battle. the team battle the the setup of the matches so tokoro gets to stay on since he won well dong sik yoon comes in and there is a 20 kilo disparity in their weight at so, least so in in the rule set, that means the match length is shorter. By half, actually. Yeah. So you go from an eight-minute match if there's less than a 20-kilogram difference in competitor size to a four-minute match if there is a greater disparity. And there was a little controversy, not controversy, some criticism online about that. And I'm not – I don't know if I like that or not. I don't mind it. I think it puts the onus on the bigger guy to put work on against the little guy and also puts it puts a little pressure on the little guy to move. Like, you got to go because there's a big guy coming after you. Yeah, and you got four Wear minutes. Wear him down. You only got four minutes. Like, yeah. I, and again, I'm can not, go balls to the wall. I think four minutes may be a little short because I think... I think they you, can bump it to 10 and 5. I, I think, think that, that would be better. better. I think that would be yeah. better because, again, with the rules, at least for this match, for the matchups we saw... I didn't see a ton of stalling. There was very few matches. I think what happens is with four minutes, if you're going to allow that sh- such short amount of time, because if, what is it, 240 seconds? Yeah, it's quick. That's really quick. Allow heel hooks in that instance. It makes I, I think allow, it makes allow them anyway. An but equalizer also with size. Only left a little guy heel hook. Who knows? Anyway, we're going off track a little bit. Tokoro goes in, Dong Sikyun. Tokoro is in guard, and Dong Sik Yoon, like a gangster, Ezekiel chokes him from inside, close guard, and chokes him out. Unconscious. By the way, like, this Tokoro is Nogi. tapped. This is Nogi, by the way. Yes. Credit, this is credit, all Nogi. Credit to Tokoro, by the way. Like, he taps, and but in the time it takes Dong Sik Yoon to let go of the choke, he's unconscious. Yeah. So he was, so he was at the end when he tapped, which... And he, actually, he was close. Yeah. That vision was sucking down. Yeah, he actually sleeps twice in this event. And we'll talk about that too. Um, so now Dong Sik Yoon stays on. Marcos D'Souza, who uh, 
I think has been sponsored by Helio for a long time and also reps Pitbull and stuff. Helps run Banzai Jiu-Jitsu in Japan. Uh, oh, now I'm forgetting. I, I know Marcus Tuzo. I'm, I'm less familiar with him than I should be. Uh, what's his brother's name? Uh, Robert Satoshi. That's oh, what okay. he's called. That's what he's... That's what they call him. He's, I think he's Robert D'Souza as well, but Robert Satoshi's who's known for like that big karate stance power up before his matches. So like they'll slap and bump and he'll just do like step into this karate stance and be like, <gasps> Josh talking about a horse stance. No, it's not a horse stance because horse stance, you're completely, you're all parallel. Like your legs are set in sort of a, I'm I'm doing this and you can't see this and I'm we're gonna take a promotional picture that's gonna get posted that said we were recording and I'm gonna be in horse stance and I'm gonna make you stand in the other stance that he does. Okay, and there's a difference. All right. Anyway, so that's his brother. He's a little less well known uh, if you're not really into jujitsu. But we got bumped back to the eight minute time time limit because there's less disparity in right. weight and so we had marcus d'souza versus dong sikyun Haleo versus judo d'souza put it on him and just was all over him from the beginning and just set up a beautiful textbook armbar from mount went dropped finished it it this this was the slowest i feel the slowest matchup of the entire card, so. which says something because it didn't take a very long time. And mind you, this came on at 5.30 in the morning. I woke up at 6.30, so Josh, I was an hour behind. this came on uh, on Fight Pass, so it, I watched it a couple of days ago. Right, but still, I got up at 6.30 and I started watching it, so I was an hour behind, but I just rewound it and ended up catching up. Finally, Marcos D'Souza versus Satoshi Ishii. Not a whole lot. Satoshi Ishii, you know, handled his business. He's also a huge gentleman. That's a that's a big guy. That's a large, large. Yeah. Was he was he gold medalist or was he silver medalist? He's a medalist in nine. 90- He's an Olympic medalist. Olympic medalist. I forget in two, what in the two thousands. He's I not very old. What year? Four two thousand four. I think in Athens. Maybe maybe two thousand eight. Something big ass. I'm dude. blanking right now. He was smaller before. He's been slowly getting bigger oh yeah definitely like he was he was he was huge in this match and his rash guard was a little stretched <laughs> to fit in that large large guy uh i think d'souza knowing that he's got decent ground game both standing and on the ground and i just said he has got decent ground game and then i said standing and on the ground i was he's gonna got, call you out for it, josh i called myself out he's got good stand up he's got good ground game he took him down you know judo trip D'Souza was just just played it smart, defending, shrimping. He would he got past, but nothing came off of it. Yeah, there's no point. So if you get past, you and just he keep held working. out, and he knew. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure if they would do this or not, but I was like, okay, this is the final match, and this is the final guy for them. Are they going to just say this goes to the victor, which it did? You know, they still had a, a few people. They still had Josh Barnett. So the Helio team still had guys left. This was the fifth. Mer- the fifth person for the judo team. So if they draw, which they did, the judo team and Marcus Tuza and Satoshi Ishii are eliminated from this from that which round. Josh Barnett and no one else from the judo team. The so, Halio team. No, no one else from the oh, no judo one else team. from the judo team. Yeah. Yep. So so Halio team takes that one, and they take that side of the bracket. There. Well, that yeah, that side of the bracket they move on. 
Maine was confused about the yellow lines from the names at first. He's like, what's the point of this? I'm like, it says who's going to the next round. Oh, thanks. They, they, they put out an interesting graphic for <laughs> the results of the matches. And I looked at it. I hadn't seen Quintet out yet. And I was like, what am I looking at? I don't want to spoil it. So I didn't look at it until after I had watched the event. And... Yeah. So next semifinal, Polaris team versus Sambo team. I have no idea who any of these guys are from the Sambo a team. A lot of the guys are MMA fighters. A lot of them are pretty... They're good Sambo guys, but it's you don't see them cross over a ton into... There wasn't a lot of trying to jiu-jitsu. pass the guard. There yeah. wasn't a lot of good guard work. Anyway, you're also against the Polaris team, which is a team which is the favorite to win the event and which had a stack of killers on it. Well, they had to make a last-minute replacement, too, because Charles Negromonte was originally on the team, and Marcin Held jumped in. So, Which is, if you're going to replace a guy like Marcin Held, it's not what a, a bad guy to replace it with. What a great guy to replace it with. So Craig Jones, they just threw him out first. I was like, oh. Which we thought he was the ringer. Like, you, leave, you maybe leave Craig in the hole, or... You've got a whole team of, like... The only guy that I wasn't comfortable with... Was Kaluna? Yeah, I was like, I don't know about him, but everybody else, because I think he's technically, granted, he's been grappling for years. I think he's only technically a blue belt. Yeah, technically, technically, put that technically in there, right? Technically, a blue so I'm belt. like, they're sending out Craig Jones first. He might sweep the entire team. I thought he which might, which would be awesome. Which would be crazy. It's like Craig Jones versus the world. So he goes against Mendelgas uh, Verzabekis. You like that pronunciation? Yeah, that was I actually really impressive. Great job. <laughs> so it wasn't very long. He's transitioning through. He sets up his Z guard position where he sets up the heel hook. Doesn't go for it. Yep. Uh, goes on a leg. Goes for the knee bar. Transitions to fifty fifty. Gets the knee bar. Uh, like, no, he didn't get the knee bar. He, he breaks. Ver- he didn't break anything. Verbicasses. Verzabicus. Verzabicus's leg in half. He didn't break that shit. Did you see the still frame of it? It was a little extra bent, but that shit wasn't broken in half. It was like 10 degrees extra bent beyond center. I've seen, we've all seen worse. And I've seen worse, but like, that's a rough day. He got him. It looked like um, Gary Tonin versus AJ Agasarm. That one was way worse. And AJ Agasarm jumped in a pool with a chick on his back afterwards saying, ha, my, my stuff isn't messed up. So... It was what it was. Anyway, Craig Jones stays on now versus Sergey Grecchio. Sergey had nothing for him. Absolutely nothing yeah, again, for him. If you would have a decision for this match, Craig takes it pretty handily, but doesn't get submitted. So. He, can't, he can't submit Sergey because he would like back up or he would sort of disengage and not a lot would happen. Which he is- had enough to defend. And what I thought was interesting about this, this is potentially where the team dynamic comes in. You have a dude in Craig Jones you just saw blow through one of your guys in your team, and you go, okay, do we have a guy that maybe can't sub him but cannot get subbed by him? So he played it a little safer and gets a draw. And then gets the draw, that means you take out Sergey and you take out Craig Jones. So now Which you- is a huge, like, if you think about it, you still have a, a, a decent amount of guys on this team yeah. that are scary. But, but you don't have Craig Jones in front of you anymore. Exactly. So if you draw Craig Jones, because you're probably not going to sub Craig Jones. Let's be no. serious about that. So the best way to get him out is to get him out early 
with a draw. I think this is potentially a really good gamesmanship way to do this. Yes, but then they stacked the front half of their team with Marcin Held. Oh, then you went into Marcin Held, and I was like, right. oh, that's not, even, that's not that much better, honestly. So Marcin Held comes in versus Victor Tomasevich, and uh, that one was really quick, too, from open guard just transitions over and knee bars him. Like, that was weird. It was very fast. So now, apparently, the, uh, the, the ace in the hole for the Sambo Dream Team, the team captain, Theodorus Astakolis. Large gentleman with the haircut that looked like mine about three weeks ago. Yes. So I was saying this guy looks like he could be the heavyweight in the way they took the picture. It doesn't make him look big. He's a pretty big guy. He's a very large gentleman, Josh. Guess what? He got murked. He got hit with a dog bar. And if you don't know what that is, YouTube it. Uh, Ali Geddes is a big pro- a proponent of it. And it, it because it's called that because it looks like you're humping somebody's leg from on top and knee barring them. And he set up that knee bar so fast. What it reminded me of is the because it wasn't a straight dog bar. It was like a turned like it almost reminded me of if I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but the, what I thought about was. It looks like a mirror lock with the leg because it's like an outside he turning was pushing, motion. He was, pushing the, he was pushing the leg out. Yes. It looked like a combination of a dog bar and sort of uh, like a heel hook almost. The motion was – the turning motion on the knee was very similar. You know when you're in bottom guard and you can grapevine your, somebody's yes. legs and you pull it out to the side? Yes, and it's, it's kind hook. of like a – it's like a kind of a dick move almost? Yeah. Uh, that's what it looked like a combination of. Yeah, but he was able to get his hips underneath and turn the knee additionally. And uh, Theodorus did knee couldn't do that and just and had to tap out to that twisting dog bar knee bar it was fast. position. The commentary staff who was who was good. It was who what wasn't great was okay. It was good. There were certain good. pieces that could definitely improve, but. I thought they were engaging. I thought they were professional. I thought they had enough. They were giving good information at the right times. Had enough knowledge. They had enough knowledge where it was entertaining. I was pleased with the commentary. It could be a little better, but I was very pleased with it. At no point did I go, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. It was good. There was nothing that, was, that, that made me upset with their commentary. Yep. So Marcin now is in match his third match. Of this team, they also didn't battle. have a huge amount of time between matches. Like one match finished, they got to the next match pretty quick in about two or three minutes. Yeah, but you didn't sit around for like a whole match length, like eight minutes, and wait and wait. Yeah, because got... Marcin was tired. I would say, but I'm saying from a I mean, from that... a viewing perspective, it was great because you didn't have to sit and watch them like mess around for like oh yes, give guys fifteen minutes true. to recover. That it is was true. one guy finishes, he talks to his team about like okay, what's the game plan going into this match, and then the next guy's up and they start the match again. Yeah, I mean, Marcin looked about as tired as if you were going to drop a deuce. Like, he looked like he woke up and was like, I got to poop. Oh, you look like a professional fighter that's, like, been in camp and in good shape and ready to go? I'm just saying, you're apparently grappling against people that are roughly on your level. You got to work a little bit harder. Apparently not. He looked good. Craig Jones looked actually pretty tired. Or he looked like he warmed up aggressively because Craig Jones was sweaty when he started his matches. Maybe he's just a sweaty guy. He might be a sweaty guy. I'm saying EBI. Maybe he's just a sweaty guy. Maybe. So Marcin goes into his third match versus, give me the name, Josh. Marius Zaramskis. Zaramskis is a guy I've seen before. I don't know where. He kicked off Sakuraba's ear. Okay. Thank you. That's where I've seen him. You're welcome. 
uh, Zeromskis didn't have anything for Marcine. Like there wasn't, there was nothing to write home about this match where it was like, oh, this, this, and this. Marcin was obviously in control of the entire match, and he knew, hey, if we go to a draw, even though I'm going to try to submit him, it doesn't matter because we win. Basically, the only way that the Samba team at this point could win it is if they submit everyone. Marius Zeromskis would have to submit Marcin Held, uh, Gregor Gracie. Carl Luno. Cal Luno. Carl? Cal. My bad, Jess. Cal Luno. Cal Luno and Daniel Strauss. In a row. All of them. He's going to have to submit four people in a row to get the victory for his team. Like, good luck. There, there were three good teams on this card and one team that had no business being there. And that was the Sambo team. Like, I know that sounds kind of bad, but in no way did any of those, any of the guys on the Sambo team look like they could have given anybody on any of the teams any trouble. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add. I, I, I don't have a better response to that, but it was. It, I think it is hard to see because you saw it. Marcin Held, which is who's a really good grappler, and versus Craig Jones, there's not a whole lot of guys in the world that can really compete with those guys. So I don't know if that was necessarily. I would have taken the judo team. And I think the judo team would have beaten a majority of the Sambo team. I, I think, think that Michihiro been... Omagawa would have taken out at least the first two guys by himself. Yeah. And then Dabana, the way his guard work was working, I think he would have beaten one or two guys himself. And then you would have still had Dong Sik Yoon and Hyojun Kim and Satoshi Ishii. And the same thing with, you know, the Japanese team. Daisuke Nakamura definitely would have taken out a few guys. Sakuraba didn't even... He he looked slow. He His transitions weren't great. He did not look... And again, I've said it before. Say it a million times. I love Sakuraba. I have a Sakuraba tattoo. Like, I fucking love that dude. But he looked really slow. He's got a lot of mileage on him, to say the yes. least. I mean, he's got he's he's been punched in the head a lot. By Vanderlei Silva alone, he's been punched in the head a lot. Yeah, definitely. So I'm very interested to see who they build up going forward. But let's get past that and go on to the finals match, which was Polaris team versus Helio team. And you got to pick the order in which everybody goes right before it gets set up. Also... Each team starts out with their full members again. Yes, So of if you've course. lost anyone in the preliminary, yeah, that they come back. That doesn't matter. It's a restart. So the Helio team, a.k.a. Team Japan, sends Josh Barnett out first, which is a great idea. He also hasn't gone yet. He so hasn't gone yet. He's fresh. He's giant. He's fresh. And he's the biggest dude on the team. On the card, I think. Probably was Theodorus or Donks or sorry Ishi. Was Toshi Ishi I larger? I don't think Ishi is bigger than him. But so Josh Barnett is arguably the largest gentleman on the card. I think that's correct. And they were like, you know what's good? We'll send him out. He's a great grappler. He can beat a lot of people. Let's try to get him to knock out a a portion of that team. And hopefully we can, you, you know, get you the start point. big. You start with the biggest guy first. Let's try to weight him down. Like, 
if we can get through just on sheer size one or two of their guys, it starts you out from a tactical perspective at a better place versus trying to throw your smallest guy and potentially you're down a guy or two because they've thrown their biggest guy out. I think it's a tactically a good – choosing Barnett first was a good choice there. Yes. So, Gregor Gracie from Polaris comes. You said Gregor really weird there. Gregor? You said Gregor. Gregor, whatever. Igor, Gregor, Gregor, whatever. The Gracie. The Gracie. The Gracie. Did what anybody should have done if they went up against Josh Barnett. If you're not his size and can't put it to him, what should you do? Stall him out. Stall your ass off. That's what he did. He got a warning for it, but you know what? He didn't get enough warnings to get disqualified. And he stalled him out and knocked out that big hope. You take the you take the draw. You lose a teammate, but you know you have all of these guys who haven't done their entire team hadn't gone. Craig Jones and Marcin Held are the only two guys that have competed from Polaris team and they've had time. There was an intermission. They they did a replay of the first two matches. In Japanese. No, sorry, the two the first two brackets. They did yeah, the they whole showed, thing. They again showed them they in just, Japanese. They showed the whole thing. So you're like, oh, that's plenty of time to recover. Great. Let's start with the guys that haven't gone. Give them a chance to get going, and we'll go from there. So, Barnett, gone. The biggest guy on your team is gone. The freshest guy on your team is gone. What are we going to do? Second freshest guy. Yeah, but it's smart to save the guy that got a lot of your submissions for you or got your submissions for you and is a legit awesome competitor in Marco Souza, keep him in that five hole to maybe knock out a few of their guys. Yeah. So Dan Strauss, who is another person who has not competed at all, comes on versus Daisuke Nakamura. Dan Strauss is a large dude. Not like big, but he's like he's thick. shredded. He's known for his, his grip strength training. Like there have been many videos where they show he's ripping a deck of cards, rips them in half again, rips that in half again, bending nails, like all sorts of weird, wild, crazy. I didn't realize how big Dan Strauss was. He's a large dude. And what's crazy was when I originally started seeing him, he was like 70 kilos or like 77 kilos or 80 kilos. He wasn't a big guy to start with. And then he got really into lifting and he got big. So... He put his giant banana hands right on Daisuke Nakamura and got on him because Dan Strauss can also book it. The old, that, was the, that was the crazy thing about this, about watching Dan Strauss these next couple matches was dude is fast. He can and book it. he scrambles really, really well. Like, there was a couple times he was out scrambling smaller guys. Yeah. And I was... You just, if I'm not mistaken, when he went to ADCC uh, quite a few years ago, he was in the 77 kilo bracket. I think that's right. I... I don't remember. I think that's right. Yeah. So he he's now like 90 some odd kilos or it something like that. It was weird to see a guy that was that big be able to scramble that well. There was every single... He kept it. It was amazing. Like the amazing... You do not see guys that are that big... Not normally. Move... Yeah, that's correct. Move like that. The only guys you see that are that big move like that are the elite of the elite guys. You see your Bouchesha's, your Hadolfo Vieira's. Ali. Your guys like that. Muhammad Ali, Keenan. Like those know. guys can move like that. Dudes don't move like that at that size. But most of those dudes aren't really like wide and super thick. They're taller. Buchesha. Buchesha's tall too. He's like 6'4 or something like that. He's a big dude. He's thick, but he's not like like 5'9 looking like a refrigerator. 
Like Dan Strauss? Yeah, like Dan Strauss. So Dan Strauss rear naked choked the shit out of Daisuke Nakamura. So Dan stays on, which is another, you know, confidence booster for Polaris team. Dan Strauss, Hideo Tokoro. Every time you get a sub, it's one less guy the other team has and one more guy you have. Exactly. Because even if you lose the next match, it's you're still at a net zero. You haven't lost anyone until cause you get a free guy on your next match. You get to keep going. Yep. Dan Strauss, again, with his giant banana hands, just started going after Togoro. And Togoro was smart to play from the bottom and, and things like that, but he got his neck wrapped up. The, and this is really and where I thought Strauss it was. Strauss is known for his guillotine chokes. Yeah. This is where I was, thought it was amazing how quick Strauss was. He locks his hands up, and then he, like, he does the thing where you lift the guy up like, into a seated position in the guillotine with the head trapped, and he walks, and then he takes mount, and then arches into the mount with the guillotine to finish. It looked pretty brutal, and then Tokoro took another nap. Number two of the (laughs) night for him. I I took a picture of Tokoro's face and sent it to Maine, and I was like, this is the picture we have to use. And he goes, I don't understand what you're talking about. Stop sending me spoilers. I was like, oh, you'll understand when you watch it. And he didn't really respond to it until today of the recording, and he goes, I get why you sent that picture now. I was like, yeah, because that shit was awesome. He was very asleep. So boom, Tokoro's gone. So now you've knocked out three of the five people. And on comes old one ear, no knee, Sakuraba. And you're like, what is going to happen? Dan Strauss is a motherfucking gentleman. That is all I have to say to that. Is he is a motherfucking gentleman. Because he could have destroyed Sakuraba. But they had a very playful and fun match. Like, Dan Strauss, the only way I can explain it was, Dan Strauss fucking loves Sakuraba. He's like, this is one of my fucking idols. Everyone loves Sakuraba. Come on. Dude, how excited would you be if you were... Unless you're Gracie. (laughs) You don't like Sakuraba. Even then, I don't think they they mind him. He's a cool dude. So... You've got Dan Strauss literally just having fun and like motioning him in, like, come here. And Sakuraba's like, hell no, dude. Like, you're going to grab my neck and rip my fucking head off. And like, they had a fun match. They were going back and forth. Dan Strauss multiple times could have ripped off his fucking arm. He could have popped his head off. He could have done a lot of things, but he didn't. And he was being very gentlemanly. He was like, we're good. We still got three more guys that we can work with. Yeah, we still got uh, Craig we'll Jones be okay. and Marcin Held. Like, we're, we're good. We'll take this match. So they take the draw, and you move on to Kyle Uno versus Marcus De Souza. <laughs> oh, poor Kyle Uno. Poor uh, Kyle Uno. That's one way to put that. This is your first match of the event in the basically what would be the semifinals. It, it's the finals. It's the finals. You just got to try to hold up your end. If we knock out this one last guy, if I can hold on, if I draw, we win. And the other two guys that did all the work in the beginning don't have to do any work now. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, he, <laughs> he got beat up. He put into side control really quickly. Uh, Souza steps up, hooks the arm, and arm bars him. I want to Defended say, for a long time. Like yeah. His, he did what uh, Vinny Magalese did versus um, Verdum, where he had the shoulder up and he elevated. He, had, he made additional angles uh, to escape, but wasn't able to do it. Talking to the mic, man. My bad, Josh. I got excited <laughs> about the arm motion and stood away Started from the mic wiggling. to do it. I did. So we knock out Kaoluno, who I said previously was 
the known weakest member of that team. Like, I don't know why he was on it. I mean, for Polaris. Yeah, sure. You could have got Brad Pickett, who is Yo. more known for submissions than. Dude is my size, if not and smaller. So is Kauno. Yeah, and guess what? Josh Barnett's not my size. Okay, but you didn't have to go against Josh Barnett, and neither did Kauno. He could Point have moot. All right, so then you move on to the final match. Fucking Craig. This is this is Mr. International Competition Jones because he's all over the place. Well, this was he was here Wednesday, and then we saw him again Kasai on Saturday on Saturday across the globe. So last match, Craig Jones versus Marcos D'Souza. Yeah, he um he he made it look easy. Like like this guy isn't isn't a good comp, uh, competitor. He 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 goes in, takes the knee bar. Like, this card isn't long. Watch the entire card. Craig Jones is a monster. I texted Maine. I was like, Craig Jones scares me. Like, I don't, I don't understand. It's crazy to watch how, because ADCC 2017, end of last year, was his breakout performance. Where it was like, who is this Australian dude smitten everyone? And he'd been on stuff before, and we'd seen him, and he was, he was a known good guy. He won the trials. And since ADCC... Everyone's just gone, holy shit. Craig Jones is on another level when it comes to his jiu-jitsu, his all-around jiu-jitsu, and his ability to entangle the legs and rip your leg off, even without the heel hooks. Like, looked amazing. His finishing on the knee bars every single time was brutal. He makes, he makes this brutal face when he finishes, where he grits his mouth guard and exposes, like, the red mouth guard and just leans and throws his hips into and it. And his opponents also make that brutal face because they're like, oh, fuck. My leg's about to get ripped in half. That's what we to put. And that's kind of what happened. Like, he got in there real deep, and D'Souza was like, I own up, and, and lost it. So, Polaris Dream Team, I don't like that. Just call it, like, Polaris Team. They were all, you know, Halio Dream Team, Sambo Dream Team. I'm like, I don't know if they're Dream Teams, but okay. You know, you don't have... You don't have Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and all Yo, these. You got Marcin Held and Craig Jones. That's your dream team. That's my dream team, Josh. <laughs> I'm never gonna have to go through my team. <laughs> so, I mean, what? what it a was great a great event. Event. The fact that people came out on a Wednesday in Japan to watch this, and it wasn't it wasn't a and it wasn't one. packed, but people were probably apprehensive about it. Like, I don't know, this could just be like a one and done thing, and it, it's gonna suck. It was great. I love it was the rule set. Totally worth like, it. Even without heel hooks and some of the other kind of odd things about the refereeing needs a little bit of work. Like yeah, it they, does. They said that certain things would call for stalling and they wouldn't call it. So I don't know if they were maybe a little afraid to call it being the first inaugural match. But other than that, this went off almost flawlessly. I will without a doubt, watch Quintet 2 oh, and yeah. be stoked for it with just how fun this one was. You didn't see, the, of the entire card, you maybe had two matches that were a little boring and then it was it was eight-minute matches and you were done, or four-minute match. And every other match was great. You got a this ton of submissions. Like two and a half, three hours, like not with including... With the rebroadcast. It, with the rebroadcast, it was like three and some change. Was, if you took that out... It would be a little over two hours, maybe. It was 157 minutes if with the entire rebroadcast in Japanese of bracket A and bracket B. Oh, so, that's nothing. Never mind. So it's two and a half it hours. Cut it, that out, and you've got like maybe like an hour and some change. Of match time, 
an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. 45 maybe. minutes, maybe. Maybe. I rewatched the whole thing again, like right before we recorded just now, in probably 45 minutes. Just kind of skipping through, like, okay, this match, this match. It's like a quick skim through rewatch. It was great. Get five pass. Watch this card. Sign up for that free week trial yeah. with a random email and a, a PayPal account or some shit like that. This has been one of the most entertaining cards of the year so far. This was great. I loved it. Absolutely. So that'll do it for our coverage of Quintet 1. Great event. On to our recap of Fight to Win Pro 70 in Maryland out of the UMBC Event Center. This event paid out a total of $25,702 in salaries and commissions and was headlined by Gutenberg Pereira versus Tim Spriggs for the heavyweight title in the Gi. 42% submission rate. This I don't know why I thought there were more subs on this card, but it was very, very... It just moved smoothly. Maybe it's because we were there covering the event, talking to people, seeing all the behind the stage, uh, behind the scenes stuff. Um, but what did happen? Uh, the first Omoplata victory in Fight to Win Pro history happened. Uh, Kai Bosk out of Conquest Jiu Jitsu, who I've trained with many times, great guy, nailed the the Omoplata, and it's the first one. So he gets to say, "Hey." That was the first Omoplata victory in Fight to Win Pro history out of 70, 70 of them. 70 events. Also, another Omoplata news. Second Omoplata ever in the UFC happened this weekend as well. I did not watch that. I didn't either, but it (laughs) happened, and I thought I'd mention it. (laughs) So let's get into the results, starting from the bottom and working our way up. So with the purple belts. Byung-Ju Lee, who came out to uh, Rich Chiga, or Rich Ryan, or... Rich Brian. Rich Brian now. He's yes. changed his name. Yeah, he changed it. But he walked out to that. I was uh, I was definitely amused. Uh, he defeated Christian Moreno by decision. There were a lot of good slams on this card. Dude, Maine was happy about that. I was that. very happy. Maine I was happy about that. slams. Uh, Chad Latou defeated uh, Stevens Belange by decision. Gerardo Trevino defeated Joseph Gilpin by decision. Roya Darp. You know what we didn't do? Ask people how to say their names. I mean, you're doing better names better than I did. I got the names, but I'm, I got the names. I talked to the people. I interviewed them. I'm still going to butcher their names. And so <laughs> Roya, you're doing a better job than Darvishinian. I did. Dar, Darvishin. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. And I mean, we could have legitimately said, hey, stop and pronounce your names, which Seth does repeatedly. Yep. So he doesn't screw it up. Seth did it during weigh-ins. He goes, the guys were like, oh, it's good enough. He goes, no, no, I'm the commentator. I'm the uh, announcer for the event. How do I spell your name? And he clarified a bunch of different names throughout the night. Even guys he'd clarified the day before, he went, okay, I think it's this. Okay, that's incorrect. How do I say it? And he'd rewrite it before he would say it to announce them out. We should, we should probably do that or try to. We should try to a little better. We so apologize. Roya defeated Jonah Woods. Jana. Jana. Jonah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Jonah, Jonah Wood. Wood by decision. I saw her fight on Robin Pigia's card in Virginia. Oh, oh yeah? Yep. Awesome. Alex Karadimus defeated Kyle Hoffman by triangle. Alex comes into our gym uh, on our open mat a lot and comes and trains. Tough training uh, partner. He just got back from Brazil a couple of weeks yep. ago as well. Rico Staten defeated Michael Mel by decision. Ryan Mason defeated Alonzo Duncatel by triangle. Edwin Albino defeated Dakota Waiter by toehold. Alex Coleman defeated Michelle Temmel by armbar. Michelle is one of our training partners. It was a cool match. It's always rough seeing, you know, your teammates lose. 
but it wasn't like a complete blowout or anything where it was like, wow, that, that ended quickly. But you, you also feel, feel bad for them because you know how hard they trained. Yeah. It was a good match. I mean, uh, there was, there were no matches on this card where I was like, ah, it's a bad match. This card was great. I loved it. Yeah. Just gave me slanty eyes. So there might've been one match. There might have been, but we're not going to talk about it. it. It was just, it was very, it was very good card overall. Still in the purple belts, Corey Walker defeated Tadaya Danforth by decision, which got fight of the night for purple belts. Controversial decision. Yeah, uh, the I was sitting by the commentary table, and the refs after the match were still discussing it and why they picked the way they picked. Yeah, we have an interview with uh, Tadaya. Where uh, he talks about it a little bit and talks about his game plan going to the match. So yeah, we have a lot of video that we need to edit and put together that we're gonna eventually put out. Well, hopefully, here's I'm gonna say I'm gonna say on the mic. I hope we get these videos out this week. Ideally, we're gonna try to. Given the marathon week we had this this previous week with all of the events, we're gonna attempt to do that. But no guarantees on exactly when those videos come out. My goal is to get them up edited this week. I'm also trying to close on a house, so we'll we'll see how far I get. I like how Maine said my goal when we were discussing this, and I was like, I got I got the video editing software. He's like, cool, you can do that then. So, but that does that I doesn't stop we anything. Would split the workload, but right. So you know, I'm gonna start editing it and put things in, and then all of a sudden, you send me something. I'm like, the fuck is this? This does not mesh well at all. <laughs> Moving on from our behind the scenes, Yacht Yafte Yirdal. I, I heard his name and I think I'm saying it correctly. I got it. I, uh, I did an interview with him. He says his name on the interview. I apologize, Yafte. <laughs> uh, he defeated Kerry Caprio by triangle. Stefan Wilkinson defeated Stephen Lawless by heel hook, which got submission of the night. Rightfully so, I think, for that one. He threw, Absolutely. threw a bunch of flying scissor takedowns and on the second one ended up getting it. He talked about his game plan during an interview with us. Talk about that was his game plan. That's what he was doing going in and hunted it, hunted it, hunted it and got it. Those, those flying scissor takedowns were pretty sweet. Dude, he, it, it looked like something oh, he had drilled and he had oh, done I watched in him, the gym. I watched him setting it up. I was like, he's about to do it again. And he, he threw it again. Uh, I also was making fun of our coach Monroe because he looked like a homeless person that walked off the street and became a referee. And he was explaining to me and I was like, Hey, you, you couldn't, you know, delve into your pockets a little bit and get a nice black button up shirt. So if you saw a guy with kind of curly hair and like looked really happy and beat up ears, that's one of my coaches. Uh, he told me that he was like, dude, I went to Walmart. I went to target. I went to Kohl's. He's like, I could not find anything. And he goes, these pants, I'm so afraid to like squat down too quick or they're going to explode. They're so tight. It, it was really, really funny, but he was just up there and he definitely was enjoying himself. And, I talked to him backstage a little bit, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is great, getting people in at this entry level, being able to build up a name and everything. So it was cool seeing him out there. It definitely like it looked like it lit a fire under him to where he would want to compete on this as well. So we broke up the purple belt and the brown belt matches with the one teen match. Avery Harder defeated Faith O'Donnell by armbar submission of the night. For the teens. For the teens. I mean, it was the only one. Avery was going hard on those foot locks. Yep, straight ankle. Hard on those straight ankle that's, locks. That's all that's legal for the teens is straight ankle locks. And she was yes. she was looking for them and hunting them, dropping down, extending. Eventually just transitioned over and went into an arm bar. And it was 
it was a very good transition and she was super stoked and she was sitting by the by the mat for a majority of the card like sitting really close and just watching what was going on so on to brown belts malachi edmund defeated ellis caradag hey i remembered how to say his name we know ellis he comes in and trains with us every once in a while yep up at method uh he uh by decision vanessa griffin defeated maggie gamory by decision she was not very happy about that no no she had nasty looking kimura nasty yeah this was one of it wasn't submission of the night or fight of the night but this was one of my fights of the night um great match props to maggie for being tougher than i am uh vanessa had certain points in this match had her in a kimura and i got bad shoulders that the pain, I, I almost had to look away for a couple of them because it was so deep. I thought the arm was just going to blow. Yeah. But, so she wins a decision. Um, over Maggie Gamry. G- good match. Yes. As soon as the videos are up, go back and we watch this match. Right. Andron Wright defeated Charles Gamble by decision. I've competed against Andron. He's a very good competitor. Uh, Charles also comes into our gym during open mats and trains. You know, great guy to train with. Big guy, great game, super friendly. When the videos come up, watch them. The, a lot of these matches are super exciting. Uh, even if they didn't end in submission, there were a lot of transitions. Some of them were a lot of back and forth. It was really good. Next match, Angelo Claiborne defeated Gary Gioni by decision. Uh, at one point, I was in the back and I was like, you just got, cause Angelo had a toehold and you know, you hear all of his teammates back there like turn it, twist it. And uh, me not like fully paying attention. I'm like, just driving into his butthole and four or five people just stopped yelling and started laughing. And I was like, what? Like if you twist it and turn it down like that, it's you'll, you, you'll get the tap. It's how you finish toehold. You yelled, you yelled at me in the gym and it's increased my toehold percentages huge because it's not down you turn it in you and turn that's, it that's in the and angle. then down that's and it's way worse and you know again a lot of the people on this card we either personally know we've trained with we've competed against or we're just really friendly with it's a local card we talked to guys all night on the card they were off the card it was it's a giant party for baltimore virginia and dc and even pa area grapplers yeah it's awesome everybody was just there being super friendly to each other and enjoying themselves. Next match, and props to David Adams for taking this match. Devontae Bones Johnson defeated David Adams by bow and arrow choke, submission of the night for the brown belts. If you know jujitsu past the black belt level, you know Bones. Dude, even as he's, if you know any jujitsu, he's a dude you've seen at a brown belt level, like you know Bones. He looks, he's missing that tooth in the front, looks like a monster. He does. He's like and a monster. Maine and I were in the back watching him getting psyched up, and I'm like, Maine, film this. And he's like, should I? Is he going to like eat my face if I, if I film him? It's like, no, he's in his own zone. He is not paying attention to us. Like He is not paying attention to anybody. He's getting fucking hype right now. He's ready to go out. It was real cool to be in the back for this entire card because you saw how different how different guys warm up and the similarities that you see at the top guys before they go out and compete. They're not worried about anything else. They're not talking. They're not hanging around. They are ready. They're in their zone, and 
when it's time, they walk up and they step up to compete. And there's just a different a difference in the attitude and mentality that you see of these guys, and especially with guys like Bones. Yeah, before I wanna, they walk out, I want to actually try something, and I'm not going to yell into the mic, but I'm going to hear. Sorry, Rachel. Let's go. So, that was Devonte Jones the entire night. I don't know how loud that was for you, Maine. It was a little loud, Josh. Okay, I'll have to edit yeah. this. But. It was way louder when we were standing next to him and there's music and everything going on. And he was just yelling, let's go. And he was getting himself really psyched up and he doesn't know David Adams from anybody, but he took this match as seriously as he would take any other match. And it was awesome to see moving on. We're taking so much time to read results. Hey, but you know, we usually don't touch on, we watched this whole card. We were at the event. We are not going to go back later and recap all the matches that we did see for the purple belts and the brown belts, we're usually just going to recap some of the black belt matches. So we're just going through it right now and talking about this is what we saw. This is, you know, this is a different event coverage than we usually do because we were actually at the event covering it for the show. And, and we will say that we were also invited to come to the Chicago show. They were like, come out, you know, like do this again, get more coverage of it. We're all down for it. We appreciate you guys being professional and being respectful and, you know, we appreciated that they were like, yeah, just come on, you yeah, know. They gave us pretty, pretty wide access to the, to the event to, you know, do the interviews we wanted to do, speak to the people we needed to speak to, to cover, to basically help cover professional jiu-jitsu at the level that we cover Professionally. It. Professionally. Well, well, we're not professionally doing it right now. We're not making a whole lot of money, but that comes, that comes with time. Man, you got to cover it first. You got to get it. Exactly. Needs coverage. We're going to do it. Exactly. So, next match, Mateo Nunez defeated Zach Davis by decision. I've competed against Mateo. Zach comes into our gym all the time. Again, you're going to hear this a lot. Mateo uh, was a recipient at Fight to Win Pro Maryland 53 of, of that the, giant bloodiest, head the bloodiest D match I've ever seen. He, got his, he didn't get his head split open in this match, so that was a good day. Yeah. There were yeah. some, uh, some pretty bad injuries on this match. There was a good headbutt, and there was a guy that got his foot that broke. Broken in. Probably the worst told injury I've ever seen up close. Uh, oh, up close? Like, personally? You, 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 you forget about Hamalo Bahal? It was on par with that. I think Hamalo's was way worse. I'm, I think it was way worse. I'm not sure. Man. But it his was, foot was messed up. His foot was very, very, very broken. Yeah. I forget right. which gentleman that actually which it was. In purple it, was. it was in purple belts. It was... The toehold. Uh, I think Dakota Waiter's foot is, is not happy still. No, it was very broken. It was probably swelled up to the size of a large grapefruit by the, in the 10 to 30 seconds it took him to walk to get off the mat. Yeah. It was already swelled up that large. Chad Malone defeated John Del Brudge. Mateo Nunez defeats Zach Davis via already. decision. You did? Yes. My bad, Josh. So God. Chad Malone defeats John Del Brudge via decision, fight of the night. Uh, Josh actually competed against John on the last fight to win pro card in Maryland. We're saying his name wrong. I'm remembering how he enunciated Del Brugge. Del Brugge. There we go. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. Um, I will, we will say that when we were interviewing people, John and Brittany Elkins from fight to win, uh, had the best interviews only because of their MMA experience. So they ran with the questions, remembered everything that was asked and gave great interviews back to us. Uh, so the other interviews were good as well, but yes, but these seemed like very polished and ready to go interviewees. So 
I'm not saying take a class on doing an interview because I mean, even when we uh, were asking I questions, will, I actually will say that if you were going to go into the professional light as a fighter, or if you're going to do it professionally, if do, yes. you know, if you're going to be a guy that's going to be getting interviewed and you want to be a, a fighter, I would recommend taking either going to a, what is it? The public speaking class, wine, a public speaking class or with a wine coolers. What's the wine to Toastmasters? A Toastmasters organization, which is a local, they have chapters all across the United States, a local public speaking organization that basically teaches and assists people in doing things like toasts and speeches. So if you're going to do that, I recommend put some time in, be good on the mic because people remember people who are good on a microphone. Why, why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't you tell me about this sooner? Why, why don't we go to these things? Just I do. Why don't you tell me so I can also go? Instead of you just going. Josh, we've been over how much of a piece of shit I am. You're a terrible human being. How am I just finding out about this? I'm not sure, Josh. Do research. <sighs> Fuck you. Anyway, Josh Pike defeats Patrick Mahoney by decision. Josh Pike was another guy that was just fucking warming up back there, pacing. He looked like an angry dog ready to get let off the leash. I mean, he was intense. That was all of the brown belt results. Now we move on to the black belt results. And there's a gambit of them. 14 matches. 14. This, this wasn't Miami. This wasn't 21 black belt matches. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about that later as well. Lamonte Tyler defeated Jeff Manalanson by decision. Ottavio Nalati defeated Rafael Maya by bread cutter choke. You've heard me talk about Nalati where he's had boring matches before. This was not one of them. Yeah, he gave an interview to us after the event and talked about it. he knew his competitor was a judoka, was a good judoka, what his plan going in, and uh, his English was better than I thought it was, which was yeah, awesome. because in the back, I was, we were both discussing, um, are we going to need to find somebody to translate for and him? There were or? people there that could have done it, but he was you know, happy, gave us a nice interview. Yeah, and talked real about, nice guy. Talked about his game plan going into the match and you know where we were going to see him for 2018. Yeah. Matt Schellenschlager defeated Joseph Overstreet by head and arm choke. We were a little surprised by the result of this. Not that Matt is a bad competitor, but... He's a good competitor. He's a great competitor. But so is Joseph. So is Joseph. And you saw him on the fight, the previous fight to win pro uh, Maryland card against Shane Hill. And he really held his own in that match. And you're like, this is going to be a really tight match. And that was not the case. You know, Matt really put it to him, and he looked really good doing it. This match, this match coming up. Ty Ryan Murphy defeated Colin Stewart by decision. Fight of the night, and it deserved it. Yeah. These two were going at each other. Colin trains with us frequently. He is the nicest dude. Super nice in the gym. But he looks like if you make him angry, he will not be very, very friendly to you. Ty Murphy straight up scoop slammed him like WWE scoop slammed him. And this match was just, just mean. Like Colin kept a, a lasso trying to prevent Ty from passing all the way. And Ty just rested his shin across his neck. Like it. Whew. Go back and watch the match. We're yes. not going to give you play by play of the whole match. This was a fun one to watch. It deserves fight of the night for the black belts. Yes. You, know, you saw a train wreck throw in this. You saw it. Both competitors were super aggressive. At one point, Ty pushes Colin on a restart, and they're, they're at it. They're going at yeah. it. 
a fun and, match. And Great. Ty Ty got Colin down, and then Colin swept and like came up into the turtle. And after like after he got slammed, he like popped up his head and shook his head no. Like ah, now we're gonna start working. And you know they were playing to the crowd. It was awesome. Next match, Ricardo Ibero defeated Wilfredo Moreno by split decision. Atiade. I remembered how to pronounce it. Atiade uh, Rafael defeated Ed Sheridan by decision. Uh, while we were backstage and everybody was watching the match, all of a sudden, because of where I was positioned, I couldn't see it. All of a sudden, Seth goes, it finally happened. And I'm like, what? Wait, huh? Uh, Atiade went double unders and grabbed the pants and the underwear and lifted. And we got full booty action. Like, full-on booty action. Full butt. Like, it came out. It was one of those things where, like, we're expecting it, and you're 70 cards deep, and finally, somebody's ass fully came out of their pants. And, and Double so- unders, man. You got that pants grip. <laughs> it, it does happen. And somebody was like, that dude should tie his pants better. And I just, I just laughed at that point. I was like, that's your, that's, that's your rebuttal to that is... You should tie your pants better so your ass doesn't come Dude, out. Dude, when I compete, I tie my pants like I actually sometimes have to take like a fork to open up the loop again because I've tied them so tight so they stand they don't wiggle around. Now it is my personal mission to make sure your ass comes out while training or in a competition. If somebody in a competition going against you in the gi has deep double unders, I'm going to yell at them to pants you. Why are you so mean to me, Josh? Why didn't you tell me about the 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 wine toasters thing? Toastmasters. Toastmasters. See, I mean, yeah, payback's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next match, we had Daniel Keen versus Chris defeats Chris Tran via split decision. This was a bit controversial. Uh, Chris Tran's actually a brown belt moving up to take on Daniel. This is a one thirty-seven match. Why is it controversial? The decision was controversial. A, it was split, but yeah. I think personally, I think Dan had the stronger submission attempts. I would agree. Like I, and it was a, it it was a very close match. It could have went either way, but went I split think decision. I think Dan had the stronger submission attempts. He had, I think he had more sub attempts. I think Chris had better positional control. But Fight Twenty doesn't judge positional control. Right, they judge sub attempts. Who has the stronger sub sub attempts that require defense by the competitor, and he gets to the split decision. Aaron Morris defeated Brian Clouser by a steam lock. That was a, that was a mean looking a steam lock. Oh too. yes, it was. Oh. Kai Bosk defeated Julian Gabbard by Omoplata. Again, first one in fight to win pro history. Awesome. Was it? A, was it a gi match? It was a no gi. Was a no gi match. match. Okay. It was a no gi match, which makes it even more impressive. So now somebody's got to do the first one in the gi. Somebody's got to step up their game and do the first one in the gi, which is easier by far oh, than yeah. doing it in no gi. Oh yeah. Jamil Hill defeated Bruno Cesar by ankle lock. Also a very mean ankle lock. Also very mean. Also very quick, too. Uh, <laughs> Maine was really mad because he was conducting an interview. And he's like, I want to see this. He comes in. What happened? I was like, oh, yeah, he ankle locked him. And he's like, son of a bitch. It was literally one of the matches I was really excited to see on the card. I walked out, did a 45-second interview, walked in, and the match is over. He was so angry. I was re- I'm still actually really Ma- upset about it. Maine had like a game plan, had a game plan for the interviews. He was like, 
I'm going to grab some of the people after their wins. I'm going to give them some time after their wins. I'm going to grab them while they're doing the walkouts for the next match. Because fight to win goes quick. They move along too. Same thing like with Quintet. They were moving. Well, he apparently took a little too long with that interview. Was that was that the one where you were interviewing uh, Otavio Nalati? No, I don't think so. It oh, okay. may have been, but I don't, I don't remember. I think it was Otavio that you were interviewing and... So I missed this match live. I had to rewatch. I've got to rewatch the video now, and I'm very upset about that. Shane's a guy I like to watch his matches because I think we're going to see him in the next couple of years make that jump to that world champion status. Dude, it's close. So I did like I to call watch it, his matches. Did I call it a couple episodes ago saying I think he was going to take a, a, a world title? I called it a couple episodes ago. Oh, you did. I yes. called Gianni Grippo yes. and JT Torres and... Yes. And Keenan. Yeah, we called it, I think, at the end of 20, our 17, 2017 episode, our recap no, no, episode. No, 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 no. I called it then. You called it then, yeah. but I'm say, I called it this year of those people. But he's definitely got a, a good shot at it. He's a great competitor. Next match, Vicente Jr. defeated Josh Aguero by armbar. Um, I talked to Vicente at length on Saturday, and I wish I had that little rig that you had for your phone for the interviews to set up because I would have interviewed him backstage at the fights that we were at but we talked a lot about it and he was just talking about competing and you know going on about uh you know age he's like oh he's a younger guy but that doesn't mean anything but he's a seven-time masters world champion yeah he's a, he's he's a very good competitor and he looked like it in this oh, match yeah. he was just beautiful like basic fundamental jujitsu point a to point but like what hickson does just like he get to get this position i'll not go back to one i'll go one to two to three Please, with the with the, I I that's how uh, Hickson that, sounds in my head. <laughs> He's got a deeper voice. I specifically. I want to warn them to pull them to oh God! Don't, just like stop! Me. Just stop! Uh, I told Maine as well to uh, not accidentally fall into his awful Brazilian accent while talking to Brazilian people, and I didn't. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Finally, our main event. So Vicente wins that via armbar. Yes. Thank you. I didn't say, I don't think I said that. If I did, whatever. Gutenberg Pereira defeated Tim Spriggs by split decision. Gutenberg is a huge man. Yes. So Tim Spriggs is also big, but like we're not very big. Pe- I mean, I was a fat person, but I'm not a very tall person. I'm, I'm a short guy. I'm I compete at five, five foot, with not cutting a lot of weight. I am five foot eight and a little bit of change. And Maine is like five, seven and three quarters, five, six and three quarters. Let's be serious about this. Okay. Okay. So I'm not five, seven in the morning to be serious about this. <laughs> if I know if I'm not lying to anyone, I am not technically five, seven. It kills me to this day. So, you know, not very tall, big people. These two dudes fucking enormous. Like, they're just large, and we were back there, and we both just kept going. These guys are so big. I've seen Spriggs. We've seen Spriggs yeah. before because he's around. He's in the Maryland area. We see him not infrequently. Never seen Gutenberg in person. Uh, That's a large gentleman. Huge guy. So that's about how huge these guys are. On to this match. Let's... This match was perfectly gamed. By Gutenberg Pereira. It was not very exciting. But Gutenberg played a game that was smart and used the rules to his advantage. To win. 
to win. Gutenberg wins a split decision for this match. Gutenberg didn't stand with Tim at all because Tim is known. Smart. Tim is known for that train wreck throw. All the Lloyd guys are all the Lloyd guys are known for that throw. Most of them. Most of them. All the guys that work from that collar collar drag position. Gutenberg sits and doesn't just sit guard. Sits guard with his knees down. Like, so he's sitting... Um, he's sitting legs splayed. Vince McMahon when he blows out his calves or his, th- his thighs. His quads. His quads. When he's sitting, he tears his quads while he's yep. doing his Vince McMahon strut. Did you he, just reference sits, professional wrestling on your own without me prompting you? I did. It'll never happen again. So he sits down with his like legs flat on the They're mat. splayed out. Like, yep. He's and that's sitting, how he sits in front of Tim. When you're doing leg stretches in the beginning of jujitsu class. Man, I could have done so many things better than the fight described by Vince McMahon. Oh, I'm so glad you did. You know who else is going to be super excited about that? I don't care, Josh. George. George is going to text me about this and be like, did he reference Vince McMahon? Yes. He also sold the Stone Cold Stunner. One of him and his wife are terrible at selling the Stone Cold Stunner. There's a fact for you. We've we moved on. So <laughs> Gutenberg sits, legs flat. Legs a splay. So Tim isn't able to do like any Toriando. So he just kind of has to get past Gutenberg's legs. And you see immediately, it kind of doesn't throw Tim off, is not the right way to put it, but Tim doesn't immediately know how to address it and kind of stands in front of Gutenberg. Well, he can't reach at his ankles because he'll be too far over. Right. And I just moved away from the mic trying to explain it again you to did. everybody in the world that's watching this. He would be too far leaned over, and Gutenberg could have just reached over, grabbed his belt, and yanked him, and that would have not been good. Eventually, Gutenberg goes on. He went on a foot, right? And then came up with it. So there's a submission attempt and a sweep. So technically, by fight-to-win rules, you're winning. So now it's getting later in the match, and Tim, like... Gets to a double under position at one point. Tim eventually comes up, though. He gets on top, and it sort of balances it out. But then he dives in on double unders. But that's not the place you want to be. You want to try to get past. You want to start trying to throw, like, submission attempts. Because, again, according to the rules, you're still not winning. Okay, Fight to win values submissions. Puts emphasis on those submissions. On everything else. So if you throw up one ankle lock at the end of a match, that'll win you the match. It, they don't care about position. If you could be on the guy and mount for f- however many minutes your match is, if you don't throw up any subs and a guy at the end starts to throw a wrist lock, the guy with the wrist lock is going to win. They don't really care about positional work if you're not using it to progress submissions. So what really won the match? I know I was talking about the, the foot lock earlier, but what really got him on top, and I had, had spoke, spoken incorrectly, what had gotten him on top originally was an omoplata, and it it was kind of close. Yeah, Tim grimaces. Like, you see him yanking the... on the arm, and he grimaced. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, ooh, like, this is close. And he ends up on top. That right there wins you the entire match. Yeah, it was Tim the... went on a footlock, but it wasn't... It didn't look like it, it was in, anybody was in danger of anything. Fight to win, I think, does it correctly, where, like, an arm submission, upper body submission is worth more than a straight ankle lock. I don't know. I just don't think positionally where he was with that foot. I don't think it was a strong had, submission either. Yes, yes it was. I don't well. think it was as strong. Now, Gutenberg pretty much kept himself on top or in a good position to not lose. Like, he... Gamesmanship <laughs> of the rules. Like, this is what... This yes. is gamesmanship of the and rules. I'm going to say this, and you're going to give me 
You're going to make a face at me for saying this. He did not fight to win. I, I, there it is. There was the face. Yep, there was the face. Um, he, he fought I mean, to he win. did fight to win, but not in the way fight to win wants you to fight to win. I want you to fight to win, man. I want you to go out there and go for broke. <laughs> I like, want you to, to break somebody's arm, to choke somebody unconscious, to rip off somebody's leg. Like, I want 100% submission rate. 100% submission rate. I want to let see me it. down. Uh, but he wins the match. I mean, that, that he won the sub match. attempt and the control he had over Spriggs did enough in the rule set to merit a split decision victory over Tim Spriggs. And he's and now... Tim went on a footlock, too, at the end. And go, went for broke on went it. Went for broke on it. And it was close. And you hear all these people like, it was close. And, you know, you get your Seth Daniels popping up on the mic. Referees, make your decision. And, you know, two of them went for Gutenberg and one went for Tim. And he's like, oh, you know, you're winning your new champion, Gutenberg Pereira. Seth, you know, is like, did his spiel afterwards, said his whole thing, you know, support this, all this other stuff. What Seth does after every show and like, thanks everyone for coming out and pimps jujitsu, like go train jujitsu. It's a great sport. It's a great art. If you like what you saw today, walk into the gym Saturday morning and go start doing jujitsu. And he then took off his headset and put down the mic and then turned it off. And he goes, I would have judged it that way too. Like, because a lot of people were... Like, a lot of people were just conflicted about it. Like, it wasn't something that was super exciting to watch. But, again, by their rules... By the way they've set up... By the way they've set up those rules, that that's how it's supposed to be. So, Gutenberg Pereira is your new heavyweight, heavyweight champion for Fight to Win Pro. We did a lot of the match breakdown in the results breakdown. I think it flowed a lot better this time, actually. I think it did. We might have to change it up a little bit. Please let us know. I know we're getting a little bit more feedback. Some people have talked to us on Reddit. We're getting some messages, some emails, things like that. So uh, let us know. You know, Shoot us a message on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever, at Grappling Rewind. And you know, we'll take it into consideration. If it helps the flow of the show, you know, we're, we're still experimenting with the exact best format to cover a hundred plus matches that happen every weekend. So, and there's a possibility of that happening frequently. So with more organizations. So that does it for our coverage of fight to win pro 70 in Maryland at UMBC. Um, but the coverage of the actual event, I want to talk about the people that work within fight to win. And how much they actually care about jujitsu. They love jujitsu. They fucking love it. Like you can tell we did interviews with almost all their staff. We might have missed like one or two people. With all the, the we got interviews with Seth, with Missy, with Seth, Big Bird. Missy, Big Bird, uh, Night Pigeon, Evan, uh, oh God. No. Lighting guy, sound guy. <laughs> and they all have multiple jobs. And we especially talked at length with Seth and Missy. They're just so in it and they, so many things. And again, we're going to release these videos and you're going to hear all of these things that they said about why they care, what drives them to do it. Why Chicago is such a good crowd. Why Chicago, which they said is their favorite crowd. And again, when they said that my, my head, because again, I'm a, I'm a dork. I watch professional wrestling. Most professional wrestling fans will tell you Chicago is a great crowd like they just pop so and they also said that maryland was also a very good crowd 
They're like, you know, we're not shitting on Maryland, but Chicago's got it. They said, you guys are pretty rowdy too, but not Chicago level. And I totally get that. So those interviews and that stuff will all hopefully come out this week sometime. We're going to edit it. It's hopefully going to be good the way we edit it. We're going to actually have some real YouTube content that we're going to put up. Uh, You'll get to know the people that, you know, train for these cards and you'll get to know the people that help run these events. Everybody was super nice. Everybody was super welcoming. They were like, we're glad you had a great time. What did you think? They were totally open to anything we asked. You know, we look forward to covering them in the future. And after speaking to them, it makes Josh and I, again, even more happy than we already were to be covering their organization to the extent that we do every week. Because we see the people behind the organization actually have a conversation with them and go, wow, these people are really about jiu-jitsu and about growing the sport and giving an avenue for people that practice jiu-jitsu and are involved in the sport, an avenue to make money and an avenue to grow professional jiu-jitsu into something more than just a hobbyist sport. Yeah. And uh, who, who was it? Brittany was a big bird that said they were just like a bunch of jiu-jitsu carnies traveling around was, the country. That was big bird. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the way they were talking about it, wish it made me wish that I was just independently wealthy and I could just follow them around covering it that way as well. Just like go on the road and just follow all these things and have it literally just you carny, be just you roadie. Yes. They literally say, you know, the biggest, the biggest party in grappling and jujitsu. And both times I've been to their events for Maryland. It was, that's what it's been. Jujitsu and the jujitsu community shows up to these events and it is a party. If you've ever been to an MMA card in your organization, in your, in your area, and you know fighters, you know other gyms, and that camaraderie and that enjoyment of the sport, that's present, but it's for jiu-jitsu people. And it was great. It was uh, one of the best events I've been to for grappling, and I look forward to them coming back around. They say they're going to be in the Maryland area, D.C., Virginia area, hopefully three to four times a year. So Josh and I are looking forward to going back, covering them again, and you know, enjoying Fight to Win Pro. That really wraps up the coverage for Fight to Win. So on to our recap of ACBJJ12 that was in Almighty Kazakhstan. Almaty? Almaty, I think Almaty, Kazakhstan, which uh, I got wrong for time zones. <laughs> Maine, Maine just immediately starts plugging things in and trusts the first thing he sees. I put the time zone that was provided by ACBJJ into a time zone converter. Don't trust to, that. To EST time. And it said it started at 4 a.m. When in reality, it started at 8 a.m. our time. Well, they even posted on Instagram. It said in Rio time. Why didn't they, why they didn't say or think about um, uh, the American viewing audience as in like, they could have just said New York and L.A. start times. It was interesting. And I got That's it wrong. A- <laughs> and I was berated online and by Josh and by who we train with about my inability to read a map and a globe. And my geography skills were called into question, and uh, I get it. Ready? Google.com. Current time in Almaty, Kazakhstan. I don't want to do it math. And t- it will I tell you. I didn't want to do the math. And you go, oh, okay, it's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning there. It's this time here. Oh, there's a 10-hour difference. What's the math on that one? Oh, okay. So it started at 8 a.m. on <laughs> Saturday. My bad, Josh. It was headlined by a bunch of black belts, as ACBJJ It was does. It was all black belts, but it was headlined by the Felipe Pena title match with Adam Wardzinski, 
as well as the Miao brothers defending their titles against Samir Chandre and Oswaldo Moisinho Cachinho, so respectively. The other results in this card. <laughs> Gabriel Lucas defeated Vinny Magalhaes by points. Man, whew. I was so excited about this match that, oh, wait, I wasn't. That shit was boring. Get some uh, points in the third round. <laughs> the third round. It was tied the first two rounds. The last round, points. Oh, God. Hani Barbosa defeated Maiko Arujo by points. That's right. I'm getting them enunciation skills. Arujo. Victor Honorio defeated Mohamed Karamov by points. Rodrigo Corporal defeated Dawad Adavi Adayev by points. We saw him Adayev through the last card. Dope foot lock up last card. Yeah, he got foot locked pretty pretty badly the last card. Uh, Kim Tara defeated Nicholas Welker by choke from the back in the third round. Izaki Bahens defeated Claudio Calazans by points, which was uh, on the commentary talked about as was probably going to be fight of the night up until a little bit later on the card. Herbert Santos showed up. Yes, he did. Herbert has been around for uh, for a couple of weeks now. Even though, even though Robert Drysdale continues to call him Herbert Santos or Herbert. Thank you, Robert Drysdale, for our own personal meme to ourselves. Our friend Emil also like I don't won't know mention. Why he He'll be like Herbert's Herbert. here. Herbert's here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Herbert is here. I don't know why he calls him Herbert though, and he does it repeatedly. He talked about this match. All through the rest of the card and kept calling him Herbert. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. His name starts with an E, Josh. <laughs> Sometimes it starts it with an H. It doesn't even sound like an H, man. So <laughs> Herbert Santos. Herbert Santos defeated Joseph Moku by bow and arrow choke in the third round. He was up. He was up going into the third round anyway. He won yes, the second he, round he, handily. Yes. As much as we enjoy our visits by Herbert, we really enjoy when Herbert actually shows up dude when herbert shows up he is a monster i mean you don't become black belt world champion without being a monster yeah so good for him i'm glad he's he's back to his winning ways he's had a couple weeks in a row where he's i think he won yes, he won double open. gold at the south american open i believe it was i think so yeah for IBJJF. yes hudson mateus defeated ayub magomedov by choke from the back in the first round again this kid is on fire. Yeah, definitely. On fire. I, I I love watching him. As soon as I see his name, I'm like, it's time to watch this. And it's called Hudson Mateus. Awesome. I'm going to watch this. Hell yeah. <laughs> Arnaldo Maidana defeated Josh Hinger. Hinger. I always call him Hinger. Hinger. Why? Always, man. By points. It was a. It was a. It was a really good match. It was a little I, boring. But it was, it was a little bit boring. It was good. You saw a lot of like. Little tiny details. It was a really tactical match, yes. is the best way to put it, but it was not, wasn't fast and it wasn't real. You didn't get a lot of like, explosive motions in the match. It was very, very tactical and it was a little slower. Good match, um, but yeah, it, 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 it was it was. I like, to, I like to see Hanger win. Hanger did not win this match. Yeah. Patrick Gaudillo defeated Tiago Sa by points. Lucas Barbosa defeated Jackson Souza by judges' split decision. It really could have went either way. Uh, Jackson Souza didn't look super upset that uh, he lost. I mean, you're always upset, but he wasn't like, I don't understand why I didn't win. 
One thing that bothered me about, sorry, at this point in the card, with it, it kept cutting to the corners, and they would stay on the corners' faces. And when the match was happening, and then they at one point I forget which match it was. There was a transition that happened, or like a triangle attempt that came up, and they had been focused on the corner, like like Keenan's face or something. When it happened, I went, "Why are you showing me the corner's face?" Like I don't want to look at the corner at all. There's a match happening. Like I'll look in the background or like. Give me a picture-in-picture view of the corner. Like, I don't care. We were missing stuff because they kept focusing on the corner for, like, 10-plus seconds at a time. Step up your camera work. It was just – they hadn't done it before. It was just weird that for this match, they for this card, they kept focusing in on the corner for, like, stretches of time while the match was occurring. And it wasn't necessarily in, like, stall positions. It was – like during traditional stuff, like they come back to the corner. Like, why are you showing me Keenan's face? I get he's there. I get he's in the corner. He's not competing right now. He's competing later. I'll look at him later when he's competing. He's talking. I've it muted. It's not helping me at all. <laughs> uh, next match, Luan Carvalho defeated Edwin Najmi by judge's decision. Uh, something that's been bothering me about jujitsu. Did I mention, this is how tired I am. Did I mention this already or was I talking about it before we started recording? What's been bothering where, you? Where people like make the... Yeah, that was before the recording. Okay. So like when Edwin didn't get the decision, he like raised up the arms, looked over like, what the fuck? Why didn't I win? He looked, he looked exactly like, uh, I watched a guy get hit by a car on Saturday and that's exactly the motion he made when he got hit by a car. He, who did you see get hit by a car? Before Shogun, which and I were driving in the parking garage, and a dude on the corner uh, walked into traffic, and they got hit by a truck. Like, and really hard? He bounced up on the hood of the truck, and like, and then he gave that look, like when he lost the decision. Like, what the fuck? And then he, like, yelled, at, hit me the and then he yelled at the guy in the truck, <laughs> and then uh, they exchanged words, and he walked away. I was like... Was it a homeless guy? I don't think so. I don't know. Why would you walk away? That's my point, but it was weird. They both drove away. It was weird. The one drive drove away. I mean, if guys. you're familiar with Baltimore, you know it has a pretty decent like homeless population. You'll see. I mean, it sucks, but they don't the, call a Baltimore love thing for nothing. Like it's a rough city. <laughs> it's 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 rough, and you'll you know drive through the city early in the morning and just see people sleeping on the sidewalk. You know, when the bus stops, it's a it's it's a rough city to yeah. say the least. But yep. So that's why I figured that's the, that's the motion he made though when he got hit by this truck. Oh, ooh, was it a drug addict? Because you see a lot of those in Baltimore as well. I'm not sure, Josh, but he, was, he seemed articulate problem. in his yelling after he got hit by the vehicle. Then why wouldn't you stop and call the police? Not sure. Like, even if it was accidentally your fault for walking in the street in front of a truck. I think it was his fault. That's, no, no, there's sorry, a no, thing no, called pedestrian he had, he had error. Right he had right away, I think. There's, pedestrian, there's a thing called pedestrian error, and I know about this because I've been hit by a car. Me too. Not in Baltimore. I got hit bad, like launched up in the air 15 feet. Ugh. Yeah. Enough about getting hit by cars. <laughs> so Josh hates when guys lose a decision. And then they get upset that they, they didn't get the decision. They give you that shoulder shrug and like hands in the air motion of like, oh, I lost. Here you go. Win. You know, submit somebody. Get more points. Like, I, I understand this is, I mean, it's Edwin Najmi's job. It's your livelihood as well. So it does suck when you lose. I assume there's a little less money coming to you when you do lose. But Josh mentioned hating it. And uh, yeah, it's. It's kind of annoying. Like it's gonna happen. Like sometimes it's not gonna go your way. How do you prevent that? Fucking win. You know that. And Robert Drysdale kept calling him Edwin Najimi. I'm like, how long have you been covering this event? You know, you should know his name. He's been on multiple cards. If the grappling rewind can get people's names, 
Like, Robert Drysdale can get people's names. You when you have names. paperwork in front of you and you've repeatedly covered this person. You've been commentator on that event for a while now. It's <laughs> interesting he called him the wrong name. But then repeatedly. again, he, he still calls Herbert Santos Herbert. Keenan Cornelius defeated Muhammad Ali by judges' split decision. So I this, remember this why match I at Worlds. didn't know if I saw Ali at DC, his haircut. I didn't recognize him with no hair. That was my bad. So I did see him at DC. He just had a haircut. You didn't have a high top fade, so I don't know you anymore. Dude, he looks way it's, different. So if I day. had like an afro, would you not know me if I walked no. by you? God, why would I do that? Josh, my really good friend at Shogun didn't recognize me with long hair. Because you need a haircut because you look like a lacrosse bro. I might need a haircut. And you need a haircut. God. So under this match, Kenny Cornelius and defeats Muhammad Ali... The judges split decision. It was zero zero throughout, but I think it was interesting. This was a split decision for me. This was pretty clearly, and not clearly, it was definitely a close match. But this is one that I think Keenan won. It didn't. I think it's odd that it was a split. I'm I'm very interested in what happens when they run into each other at Worlds. After you know the Pans match, this match, and now at Worlds, like Keenan's beaten him what three times now? Twice. 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 Two or three times. So it'll be interesting to see him, uh, whether they meet up in the absolute or in their weight class. On to the first title match. Of three. Joao Miao defeated Samir Chantre by points. At no point was uh, I under the impression that Samir Chantre was going to beat Joao Miao. Well, Joao's beat him before. Repeatedly. Right. We, I don't think, have we seen Shamir? Shamir? Is he a bagel? Samir. <laughs> Have we seen Samir beat Meow before? I don't believe so. Not in my recollection. I don't think he's ever beaten him. But I know we've seen Drow beat him a number of times. So yeah. that's... So the round, how it broke down. Round one, it was a tie. Round two, it was a tie. 2-2 two, two, and then 4-4. Four, four. And then Meow really kicked it on. 2-0. Third round. Round three. Round four, 9-2. Round five, 9-2. He was like, I'm going to make a point to beat you. I love watching the Meows. As much as I disliked them when I was heavier, now that I'm lighter and I'm, I'm again moving towards that game. Dude, Drow would pull and take the, take the two. Take the two. Give the two to, to Shamir. <laughs> Shamir. I'd like a Shamir with locks on an everything bagel. Oh, man. Give it to Samir. Not, not Shamir, man. It's been. It has been a super long. Here I am talking week. shit. I can barely stay awake. I can't talk. My voice is hoarse. You had cornered. Just cornered uh, MMA fight. This two last MMA fights, night. Two fights this I'm, weekend. I, I cornered one fight. Let's let's be real. All right. Cornered one I, fight. I cornered one fight and one uh, paycheck. Paycheck fight. Yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> That's, so, that's another story. Joao. For our for a complimentary or no, or no a um complimentary for free. Uh for a random podcast that we will randomly record that has nothing to do with grappling and more just Maine and I bullshitting into the microphone for an hour when there's no grappling events. When we have one of those times where we have no grappling events, we'll briefly talk about grappling and then just talk shit for an hour and a half. I'll deal with that. So <laughs> Joao beats Samir and retains his Featherweight title. It's featherweight? Yes. Paulo Miao then His defeats Oswaldo Moisinho by points in the lightweight title match. The round breakdown goes 0-0. Round one, round two, 2-0. Two, 
Round three, nine to two. Round four, two to zero. And then round five, zero to two. Did I say I love the Meow Brothers? You did say that before, Josh. I love them. They're those... Those socially awkward, barrow-boloing, lovely little sons of bitches. They're great. I love the commentary for this because uh, Braulio and Robert Drysdale were... They went into like some history stuff during the match <laughs> between the Meows, their brothers. They talked about wanting to see a match between them at ACBJJ, and would they do it? They've competed against each other before in uh, UAE. Oh, yeah, they uh-huh. have. They, I forgot about that. I mean, obviously, it was a, a work. Obviously, but they 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 worked a little bit harder than like a fake match. And because they made it look good. Yeah. Remember that, but, remember that match? I looked at that. I was like, oh, they yeah. competed against each other? Yes. I, I they had I, to. I think I saw it on BJJ Heroes. I was like, what? I went and looked up the match and went, oh, by the way, shout out to BJJ Heroes. They, they are super helpful when we need to bring up results when we're not just working off of memory or have it written down. BJJ Heroes on point. Shout out to them. They got lots of cool stuff on there anyway. So they actually have like a, a lot of rankings, but like you can look up matches. Like, oh, this guy defeated this guy back at this event back in two thousand and two. Let me go search that. And again, exactly. it's not huge. It's it's not like ShareDog or like Topology or one of those sites, but it's getting there. It's mainly IBJJF focused for their for their rank, not rankings for their um their results, but they're getting there. They're having more and more. Their database is expanding, and it's expanding rapidly, and I'm very happy uh, that it's there. It's sometimes weird that you find guys that are like pretty big guys that don't have a page and don't have links to their matches, which is weird, but they're getting there. They're getting there slowly. I'm but happy surely. that someone, some organization is is compiling this information and putting it where I can look at it. Because we're dorks about that stuff. So like on to the final title match. Felipe Pena defeated Adam Wardzinski by bow and arrow choke. If anybody thought that Adam Wardzinski was going to win, except for Adam Wardzinski and his close training partners... He beat Herbert. They... Herbert is a different person than Herbert. Yeah, he didn't beat Herbert. He did not beat Herbert. He got murked by Herbert. And the then Herbert was like, I, hey, I got to go in the back. I got to go to the bathroom. And Herbert came out and was like, I'll fill in and, and, and lost. So, so Felipe, round one, takes it to zero. Round two takes it to zero. Round three chokes a motherfucker. That's one way to put it, Josh. <laughs> so that'll do it for ACB JJ twelve. YouTube, Good event. YouTube, watch it. It's technically six hours long, but as they all are, they're hey, always they're all six hours. They're long. always five, like fifty to seven hours long. <laughs> fifty to seven hours long? No, no, no. Look, like they're always about five hours and fifty-two minutes long to seven hours and eight minutes long. I don't know why Again, I have your brain's same. not functioning just like mine. And you just said 50. They're 50 to seven hours. We, we long. apologize. We are very, very tired. We've watched a hundred matches of jujitsu this weekend, this week. So there's still more on that. will that will do it for ACBJJ 12. Um, good event. Go back and rewatch it. It's on YouTube. Looking you forward can, to ACBJJ 13 in America, uh, in America with, with Mikey Musumeci versus Joao Miao. With that's, that's going to happen. Vinny Magalhaes versus, versus Gordon Ryan. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. Gordon's going to take that one. I'm still excited about it, Josh. I'm Why you going to kill my dreams? I'm excited about it. If so, it was in the GU, I, w- I would be more excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I would too. So moving on from ACBJJ, on to Kasai Pro 2 out of New York. 
Luckily, the videos are up now because Josh and I were in the middle of uh, watching MMA fights, so we could not watch it live. But Flow Grappling got the shit together, got the videos up. I actually watched part of this event at the MMA fights. I watched it on my phone. You're crazy. Using that data, Josh. Hey, I still got 50% of my data left with five days left. Dude, on my I'm running cycle. out. I'm like running out of data fast. Not I've like been concerned that I'm going to run out of data before the month ends. I got five days, four days left. Then I got six. Four days left. I'm solid. I got 50% of my data left. So on to Kasai Pro 2 and the data we didn't use. Let's get into these super fights first. Uh, or also, DJ Jackson, last minute drop. About twenty less than 24 hours out from the event. Yeah. Uh, apparently some... Travel issues or something? Yeah, some travel issues getting to the event. Which Which kind of is weird. We're in Maryland. I don't know. I don't know if DJ was in Maryland or someplace else beforehand. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a seminar tour someplace else. Flight got delayed or something. I don't know. He He better be near New York and ready to go for this. That's money. Would assume. But, you know, he couldn't make it, so he was replaced by Pierre Leclerc. I think that's how you say his name. I don't know, but he is a purple belt, and he came in on less than 24 hours' notice uh, and, and held his own. Props to the, look, any, again, props to anyone willing to show up. I think it's a little odd that you would place him with the purple belt when you were in New York a day out. Couldn't you replace him with uh, one of the 50 or 800 black belts in New York at that weight class? Mm, maybe they're just trying to give another person no, no, I, a I, shot. I remember what it was, actually. Know. No, I, I, I'm no bullshit. He was the second place runner up for their tournament for their eighty five event. That's why he filled oh, in. That okay, I'm dumb. Okay, okay, That's okay. why he yeah, he was the second place guy behind um Nick Calvinese. 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 Is it really? Yeah. Okay, Nick Calvinese. They kept saying Calvinese, so Okay. I'll so that's what that. he was replaced in, so he is a yeah, that's I'm stupid for that. I'm not cutting it up, I'm leaving it in. You guys get to hear that. Yeah. So AJ Agazarm Verkas versus Marcos Loro Galvao. <laughs> Main at first, when he first looked at it, goes, AJB Galvao? I was like, different Galvao, dude. And then I remember, it's been, again, a long week. I remember the match, but I just saw the results on, uh, on Flow and went, what, Galvao? Oh, different Galvao. All right, Marcos Galvao. Yeah. Okay, my bad. AJ was just, like, all over him. He was obviously bigger than him. He pulled guard a couple of times, tempting... You know, heel hooks and stuff from 50-50. And then he finally got one. And then he proceeded to call out Joe Rogan and just... Which is weird. Like, Joe Rogan, there's a couple videos of him rolling online. Like, if you search around, you can find probably, like, 20 minutes of rolling footage for him. And there's, like, the Castillo video with him and TJ Dillashaw, like, working through. Like, he knows this stuff, but dude hasn't competed in jiu-jitsu how long. Ever. I'm just hoping, like, Joe Rogan fucking... Jumping turn kicks him right in the face. It's like, yeah, call me out again, you bitch. Like, well, it's, just, it's weird. It's a super weird call out. I don't understand it. So that was that match. That was the the weirdest <laughs> call out you could probably ever make. What do you call it next? Wesley Snipes? I I I, I have no idea. It was just really weird. Uh, let's talk about another super fight, which was super uneventful. And which made Reddit make all sorts of uh, goofy uh, things, like how fast would it, how long would it take Eddie Cummings to butt scoot from New York to L.A.? Because that's what Eddie Cummings did. 
this entire match versus Hanato Kanudo, which just scoot around on his butt. And I love Cummings, don't get me wrong. Like He's very enjoyable to watch, just not this match. This match was not... It wasn't a bad wasn't a bad match, just wasn't an entertaining match. Eddie won by like a stalling warning. It, he is what he exactly won by. It, Canudo got a stalling warning, and Eddie didn't have a stalling warning, and the match ended, and Cummings won. That was the whole match. On to... You got anything else to add, Josh? No. Okay. On to another super fight match, the one that got everyone hyped for this card... Nikki Ryan finally taking on Gio Martinez, or Gio Martinez finally taking on Nikki Ryan. This one was also kind of a wash. Like they were, they were till the end. They were canceling each other out with a lot of their stuff. It was a kind of a boring match till about what do you think? Thirty a seconds, a minute Almost or thirty minute. seconds. It was a fifteen-minute match. The video is twenty-eight minutes long. Why it's 28 minutes long, I don't know. The match doesn't start till probably almost 15 minutes in. So the, the editing is a little weird, but... Nikki eventually nabs an inverted triangle and starts attacking it and also attacking, attacking like a, a Americana on top. He, he was just holding the arm position. Like he okay. even said in an interview afterwards, he was fooling around with the arm to try to keep the position. And if he had known there was so little time left, which his corner should have told him that, it's kind of crucial information. Yeah. I think what he had, he had uh, Gary in his corner, he had Donaher, and he had his brother in his corner. So start yelling to him, hey, you only got this much time. Try to, you know, mess his life up. I think, honestly, that they knew that if he was in that position that he probably would get it. So they just That's what got him the victory because there wasn't a lot of, like, action back and forth saying one person would win or not, and that submission attempt really sealed it. So... You've, as Nikki Ryan, and this this should spark uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's because we were talking about it. This should spark Eddie Bravo in putting Nikki on an EBI and throwing Geo in there, too. I'm like trying to get Opposite that match the bracket under, no. EBI, under EBI rules. No, put them on the same side of the bracket. Force it. Make that match happen under EBI rules. So oh, no. I, honestly, no. Don't put them on the bracket. Make it a super fight. Eddie has super fights on his card. Like he can get it he done. He moved away from it a little bit, though. Well, after they had uh, the teen match breaks on their teen's knee, or they but, had that they had that super long card with Wagner. I think is what it was, and they had super fights on top of that, and it was like a four hour extra card. I don't know. I could see it. I wouldn't be against seeing this matchup again. Yeah, it's gonna happen again, definitely. It should, well, it should happen again. Honestly, the two guys at the Going towards the top levels of that sub-only Nogi style. True. But also now, it's a huge slight because a 16-year-old beat the number one ranked pound-for-pound Tens Planet practitioner. Yeah, but they don't fight for decision, Josh. They fight for Well, sub. guess what? You you competed in the rule set that no, had I, that. I was devil's so, advocate there. I agree. I know. It's so interesting. They're going to they're gonna do something again. Look, I want to see it again. I don't want to see it like immediately. I want to see... Give it a little bit of time. Give it a little time. Whatever. Nikki, let, him, let, him, take, let him take other matches, and then let's come back to this in a year or... I'll wait six months. Whatever. I right, come back to it in some time. Nikki called out Joao Miao. He was like, I'd love to have a match Didn't against him. Didn't he already compete against... Paulo. Was it Paulo? Okay. One of them. Paulo beat him. Paulo beat his ass. No, Paula played it safe in the submission p- 
portion yes, of the match. And then he stomped one point. Then he started taking it on points. Yeah, but he, he game planned the rules. And where was that in? Actually, I, I can't remember. But again, you have to think about these things. If you win, and you're not Nikki Ryan, you beat a 16 year old purple. Belt. I mean, it's a it's a lose lose for Gio. If you lose, you lost to a 16 year old purple belt. Now, granted, Nogi wise. He's on pretty much a black belt level. He's submitting black belts regularly and breaking their legs regularly. It's a, it's, but it's a lose-lose for the other person. It is, and that's why I think like I would love to see this match make Nick, get Nikki 18. Like, see it in two years again. You, you, <sighs> then, that excuse isn't there. He's whatever belt he is. He's 18. But then Gio's older. So it's like, oh, he's older. So it's a weird, a weird place to, to dance around with. But also, you can't throw Nikki Nogi wise at other purple belts. Like he's just gonna beat the shit out of them. I was gonna say AOJ purple belts, but then I realized that like maybe like in a Nogi situation, yeah, in a Nogi situation with heel hooks legal, like yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. So let's get on to the 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 tournament, the, the portion. middleweight Grand Prix, Josh. Yes, um, we we definitely guessed this wrong. Just, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we slept on on Mateus Denise, who we said was a great competitor. We just slept on him a little too hard, maybe because you know, got boners for for Craig Jones. Look, I think Craig Jones was tired from quintet, Josh. <laughs> that's my, that's my defense. I'm sticking with it. Craig so, Jones had to fly across the world, compete in quintet Wednesday, get here, make weight. You know, he had a rough he had a rough week. For <laughs> a deal with New York food, New York people. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm referencing, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spell it out. So round one is <laughs> a so group A. Round one, Craig Jones defeats Nick Calvinesque by triangle. Calvinesi, Calvinesi, not Calvinesque. My bad, Nick. Uh, Mikey Perez from Atos defeated Dante Leone by outside heel hook. Not surprised in the least bit. Nope. Known for his uh, his leg attacks. Uh, round two goes. Nick Calvinesi defeated Mikey Perez. Four to two, which again, that was a, it was like kind of shocked he lost like that. But again, Nick Calvinisi is a strong competitor. So, by the way, in the, the way Kasai works, it's points. a victory by submission. Three points. Three points. Victory by points. Two points. Victory by, never mind. You can't draw. <laughs> draw. Is one point. Okay. And then when you lose, no points. So uh, Craig Jones then defeated Dante Leone by points. Moving on in round three, Dante Leone defeated Nick Calvinisi by short choke, and Mikey Perez defeated Craig Jones three to two. So, you know, first round, Craig Jones, three points, Mikey Perez, three points. So now three to three, Nick Calvinisi and Dante Leone have zero points. Round two, Nick Calvinisi defeated Mikey Perez by points, so that gives him two. And Craig Jones defeated Dante Leone by points, gives him two. So right now, Craig Jones is at five points, and Dante is at three. Or no, Mikey's at three, Dante's at zero. Yeah, and Nick Calvinisi is at two. Mikey Perez, then this is what pushes it over. Was Mikey, well, no. No, yeah. Craig lost to Mikey Perez, and they both had five. 
And I'm not, I can't remember how they exactly decide who, I guess going into the last round, it's like who won those points. So Mikey got the five last, but he beat the guy that had already had it. So that's why I'm assuming they... It was a little weird. We talked about this last time. And again, it's almost midnight right now on a long week. I forget how this happened. <laughs> Mike, Mikey Perez moves on from Group A. Craig Jones goes into the third place match against the second place guy for Group B. So <laughs> on to Group B, we have Felipe Mota. Gargamel. That's his nickname. Gargamel. That's a dope nickname, though. You know, like the Smurfs. Look out, it's Gargamel. Jesus, Josh. You're not wrong. <laughs> Felipe Mota defeats Pierre Leclerc 9-0. Mateus Denise defeated Richie Martinez, who Richie Martinez was looking forward to competing against Mateus. He lost 7 nothing. Round 2, Mateus Denise defeated Felipe Mota by 2-0, and Richie Martinez had a draw with Pierre Leclerc. Round three, Mitchy, Mitchy, Richie Martinez defeated Felipe Mota by arm lock from rubber guard. Weren't we talking about nobody uses rubber guard except for uh, except Richie the Martinez? Martinez brothers? Except the Martinez brothers. Right. So uh, Mateus then defeats Pierre Leclerc by Japanese necktie. So that puts Denise definitely in the finals. And Richie, because of points, goes in the third place match. So the third place match happens. You have... Craig Jones versus Richie Martinez. And what does Craig Jones do? I wonder, Josh. He heel hooks him. For real? Yep. That happened. That's not surprising at all. Not at all. And finally, in uh, the finals match, Mateus Denise defeated Mikey Perez by two points, becoming the middleweight champion of Kasai Pro. So what I want to happen off of this already is DJ Jackson. Like yeah, coming right. in, he had to drop. I want him to come in to the next time they do it or against Craig or <laughs> again. It's late against Richie against. No, see, it's Mate. late against Mateus. <laughs> there's, there's been the amount of consumption of jujitsu today alone ha- has been very high because again, we, we caught some of these matches during the fight last night. Saturday, but didn't really get to dive into it until today. Didn't get to take any notes while I was at the fight. Yeah. And then today, watching uh, Sug, which is happening now, Kasai, re-watching Quintet, and then getting some of the undercard of ACBJJ. So I probably, and then I trained today for an hour and a half. So probably done jujitsu from the time I woke up until it's midnight right now. So a solid... I did a 15 hours to 18 hours of jujitsu today. I did a lot of watching of jujitsu, but I also went bowling and ice skating. So that does it for Kasai <laughs> Pro. Uh, great event. Josh and I want to see DJ more, back more, in more this. More Kasai. Okay, we've done lightweight. We've done middleweight. Are we going to do welterweight? Are we going to do heavyweight? heavyweight? Are we going to do light heavyweight? Are I we going to do featherweight? What are we going to yeah, do Yeah, what do you think next? the next one is? I wonder. Okay, so they went lightweight to middleweight. So they're either going to go lower than lightweight or they're going to go to welterweight, I feel. There's so many stacked divisions in jiu-jitsu right now. It's, every division is so there many are crazy matchups to be made. And so I could see them. There's not a, there's not a division I could, could not see them doing. They're doing MMA division, so it was 85, it was 55. I could see them going to 70. I could see them going to 
even 45, 35, 45, 35. I mean, yeah, I could both of those visions. 205 or heavyweight. Like, there's so many good divisions in the sport right now. All of this stuff is, except for some of the fight to win matches, all of this stuff is already up. It's either on YouTube or it's on, on flow grappling. You can watch fight pass. all of this fight pass. Thank you. You can watch all of this stuff like right now and, you know, make your own decisions on what you want to watch at the time. And you've got plenty of time. I mean, there's not, it's not as heavy this coming week as it was. Man, last we haven't week. done previews yet, have we? Nope. All right. So that'll do it for our coverage of Kasai Pro 2. Ooh. Moving on to the preview section of the podcast. So, Fight to Win Pro, 71 out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is headlined by a 220 black belt, 220 pound black belt gi match. We have Tim Carpenter versus James Booth. Tim is, it says Hellfish, but he's part of the, the balance affiliation. Mm-hmm. I've trained with him before and he, he beat the shit out of me. He's quite flexible. He does lots of different things. He's a very good competitor. And I've also competed against James Booth, uh, who, but I was in a Ganogi match, but it was, it was fun. He's also a pretty good competitor as well. So that's a, that'll be a very interesting match to watch. It's a good, good match to headline the card. Yes, indeed. I may or may not go to this event. I'm still debating. If you do, make sure you, know, you email them and be like, hey, I'm going to try to cover this one as well. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. It's at ECW Arena. Rob Plott? Yes. Oh, no shit. Sure. CFC EC- says there. Yeah, and ECW is there. Oh, no shit. ECW. ECW. Got it. So the next match <laughs> on the card is a 200-pound black belt gi match. Oleg Alf versus Roddy Barrett. Yep. Oh, that's what I'm going to go with. Roddy Barrett. That That's a silent J. Yep. Raji. It might be Raji. But anyway, you know, we're terrible at, at, at names. So... Moving on from that 180-pound black belt nogi match, Haim Gozali versus Maro Conti. 180-pound black belt gi match, Steve Austin, who's got a lot of dreads and is not the professional wrestler. That was my first thought. Oh, good. I'm glad you went professional wrestling. I'm leaking into you now. It's great. If I'm, Yo, if we could never say that again, that'd be awesome. <laughs> versus Kyle Braun. Oh, man, that was too good. 170-pound black belt gi match. Dylan Royce versus David Porter. Dylan Hoyce? Royce. All right. David Porter. Royce, because that's, that's a white dude. That is not a Brazilian guy. 165-pound match. Mike? <laughs> Mike Padilla? Mike Padilla. We've seen him on EBI and stuff. Yes. And versus on it and a bunch of other stuff, too. Daniel Tavares from SAS. I'm going to be... Now I can't remember who Dylan Royce is, and it's going to be really funny if he's not a white guy. Funny. 162 and a half pound black belt nogi match. That's again the weird weight classes. <laughs> Last card we had a 137 match. This one we have a 162 and a half match. Why? I think they met at the middle between like we we should we that's a question we should have asked. Yeah. What's with the weird weight classes? It's probably somebody's like uh, I, this is as low as I'm going to go. 162 and a half pounds. So Pete Shoemaker versus Alan Flores. 160 pound nogi match. Patrick Sabatini versus Andrew Koshal. 145 pound black belt gi match. William Wolk versus Aaron Morris. 
145-pound black belt key match, Alex Eklund versus Tiago Brito. Going now, we've less left. We left. It's so late. There we've, are brown belts on the card as well. There are also purple belts on the card. I'm going to talk well. about those. Are title matches though? We got to talk about those. Oh, they are title matches. The title matches. You trying to skip them? The bantamweight brown belt female title match. Jenny LaFaro, 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 right? LaFaro, LaFaro versus Abby uh, Passanelli. Ooh, I got that name right. I was going to use an Italian accent, but thank please you don't. Please don't. A 155 pound brown belt nogi title match Tyson Antillian versus John Battle. I think it's the John Battle that we saw on EBI. More than likely. Yes, yes, it is. Philly guy. Yes, yes. So there are a lot of there are a lot of matches. Uh, there's a lot to cover. It's going to be an awesome match. Philly is going to represent hard on this one. Josh and I are super tired right now. I'm literally about to fall into the mic. the The great thing about us and jujitsu is that Josh and I are super tired today. But by about Wednesday, we're going to have rewatched like the rest of the week's cards and be waiting for friday to come out like yo when is fight to win on it's, it's a another friday card it's uh april 20th awesome so that does it for that previews. does it for previews for fight to win pro 71 in philadelphia let's go on to the marinus open taking place in guam i was calling that marinus for the last like month and a half i think it's marinus i think you're correct josh if i'm not mistaken I'm pretty sure I've heard it pronounced that way. I think you're correct. I think I'm wrong. That's, I, that's I a, don't really that's care. Gig. It's so late. It's, a, it's pretty late. <laughs> it, it could be spelled with a Z, and I would still say it's Marinus Open. Yep. So the on the lightweight division. And this is like, there's more than just these two brackets. There's a whole lot of stuff. I'm not 100% sure what flow is going to be uh, showing. I do know that it's in Guam. So it might either be really early in the morning or really late at night on that Sunday. So there is a slight possibility that it will be happening when we're recording. And there's also a slight possibility that we've already watched it. We're just letting you know now it is happening on Sunday. We will bring you the coverage if we watch it. If yeah. not, we'll push it back a little bit. Regardless, it'll happen before the next show comes out. Yes. So, you know, we wanted you to be aware we're that it's covering there. it. So on one side of the bracket, Izaki Bahentz. Mike Sanchez, Clinton Dea Cruz, De La Cruz. Sorry, the infographic's not very big, and my glasses aren't on. Gilbert Burns, who uh, just knocked out a dude on the UFC, uh, I think Saturday night. Keep him, him busy. dead. Uh, and then Masahiro Iwasaki. That'd be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the bracket, Hanato Canuto, Diego Ramalo. Thomas Meats, Servio Tulio, and Andres Brunovskis. Who do you think takes this division, Josh? Hmm. Burns is good. Burns is Hence is good. Canuto's good. good. Iwasaki is the dark. Iwasaki and Brunovskis are the dark horses of this bracket in general. I am really looking forward to seeing a Hanato Canuto Andres Brunovskis match if they both make it to the semis. 
I'm also looking forward to the Gilbert Burns versus Masahiro Iwasaki. And I very much look forward to Izaki Bahens versus either of those two gentlemen. So that'll be interesting to watch in general. But let's jump over to the heavyweight bracket. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the winners of each division, the heavyweight and lightweight bracket, compete against each other after they've won their division. Really? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, the two that sounds bracket, awesome. The two bracket winners compete against each other. I believe that's what happens in the last one. I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what they do because Felipe Pena has won his one division and then went and fought another guy. And I was like, wait, they weren't in the bracket. Oh, the bracket winners fight each other. Awesome. Yeah, see? There it is right there. See? See how it says versus and the little lines coming mm-hmm. down? Division two winners. So the, the winners of each division oh. compete against each other. Awesome. So in this bracket, we have Felipe Pena. We have Lucas Barbosa. We have Eric Slan. We have Jackson Souza. That's we have Cian or Cyan. Eric Cyan. We have Jackson Souza. We have Muhammad Ali, Tanner Rice, Viking Wong, Josh Jerome, Joshua Jerome, and Jacob Guerrero in this bracket. There's a lot of good dudes in this bracket. So I'm looking forward to seeing Tanner Rice and Felipe Pena. Viking Wong is a is a good competitor, but I think Tanner is like the level above him. I think that's correct. We've seen Tanner. On a We've t- seen him tons. Tanner the Ginger Rice on a tear. <laughs> he uh, he he fared fairly well against uh, Leandro Lowe. Yeah. So that'll be inter- pans, I think. Yes. Yeah, pans. So that'll be an interesting match to watch. It'll be interesting to see. I think who do you think takes the Jackson Souza Muhammad Ali match? Muhammad Ali. So you think I think we'll he's see- just been on more of a roll than Jackson has. You think we'll see Lucas Barbosa and Muhammad Ali in the semis? Yes, and that will be an exciting be a fun match. match. That'll be a really with how exciting. Muhammad Ali looked against Keenan this week. It'll be it'll be fun to see how he looks. It'll against, be pretty action Barbosa. Yeah. So who's your who's your pick for Felipe Pena? All right, easy enough. So you think we're going to see Felipe Pena versus? He's he's nigh impossible to stop. Yeah. So uh, you think if I'm going to speculate from the winner of the first division, I'm going to go out on a limb and say. Behance takes it. Yeah, it's, for me, it's Behance or Canuto. Yeah, I mean, one of those two guys. I, I think, think it's going to be one of those two guys. I think Behens is one of the heavier guys in this division because I think it goes up to like 185 or something. And that's what they consider lightweight. And that's what I was confused. So Burns caught weight to make 55 this weekend. How is he going to make it again next week and with a flight? No, because so Iwasaki is a, a lightweight in IBJJF, and that's like 60 something. Okay, that, that, that was why I was confused. I wasn't going to. Call out, call out to later, but that makes a lot more sense. That so these guys are heavyweight bracket and the lightweight bracket are much closer to each other than yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that's this next week. Um, we are not going to cover Sug this weekend because it's it's uh, is it still running right now? Let me check. We're right going to bring we're going to bring up the YouTube page of it right now because it was not on Flow like it used to be. It is now on YouTube. Yeah, which I'm not exactly certain if they've lost, not lost the rights, but didn't re-up their rights or exactly 
what was going on with why it's not on. It's on Chael Sonnen's YouTube page. So, I mean, if they found it was maybe easier or maybe it brought more money that way. It's sponsored by BetDSI now, which is interesting. Maybe that's why they were like, ah, we'll get more money coming from this. It might be just a money game. And Flo was like, yeah, we don't really care. Yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah, but it looks like it just ended. Okay, so what's what's the time on it? Uh, it looks like it is about a... Um, it's only a three-hour and 59-minute event. Okay, so it probably ended a couple hours ago, actually. It was going when we started, so probably an hour ago or so. Okay. So we'll, we, we'll recap that uh, next week. Tag Team Jiu-Jitsu is pretty interesting. Yeah, I will say that. See, it's it's a pretty interesting concept. I, I, I like it. I'm not sold on it yet, but it were they, they were garbage matches to watch from a technical perspective, but they were fun matches to watch from an entertainment perspective. That's what it's about, entertainment. I'm down. Look, I'm down. down. It fun. seemed fun. There was guys, at the beginning it was a little serious, but there was a match, uh, I think that what, was a pit grid or something. There was a match where the guys were just jumping and rolling onto each other and just having fun with it, and it was fun to watch. So we will cover that in more depth next week when it's not midnight and we're trying to get through this. So that wraps up this week's episode. We're going to eventually go to bed. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to get home and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hate life tomorrow. Okay, so you already hate life, Josh. This is... <laughs> <laughs> and my alarm's already set for 5.15 in the morning so I can oh, go to the gym. Me. So that does it for this week's episode. If... Where am I going to cut all this out? <laughs> I've been Maine. I've been Maine. <laughs> I'm a husk of my former self. I've been Maine. <laughs> I'm the artist formerly known as Maine. You I'm can call now, me New Hampshire now. I am now a large potato. <laughs> as always, you can email us at thegrapplingrewind at gmail.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere you can find Facebook podcasts. We're on Facebook, Grappling Rewind, Instagram, Grappling Rewind, Twitter, Grappling Rewind. Reach out to us on social media. If you got something that you want us to cover, you want to clarify, you know, we are here. You want to tell us we're idiots. Hey, let us know. You want us to pronounce your name correctly? Let us know. Subscribe. Subscribe on the YouTube page. Leave us a review. Helps us out a lot. It helps us out. And, you know, it eventually will help you out. We like to give back. We're doing this as something that isn't done. So help us help you. Again, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Maine. And this is the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We'll see you on the mats.